Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. Uh, a bit of a weird one this time. We're doing a little remote session. Yeah. You, because uh, we got a couple people out. Michael Damiani's on vacation, so he's not here. Huber, you got, you're sick. I got it. I got, got it. it. I got the COVID. You finally got hit. Damn so it. Dodged it for so long. Everybody gets hit eventually. <sighs> but uh, he has powered through enough to be able to join us for frame drop which is sweet very last minute but hey i'll take it and of course daniel bloodworth hello how you doing blood doing good love love getting some weird games in yeah you do got some weird games we got a sweet show going on but uh before we hop into everything please if you enjoy anything we do check us out on patreon.com slash easy allies that is the lifeblood of this company that's how we're able to keep going and do all these goofy podcasts and reviews and previews we've just been doing a lot for gamescon lately so everything you guys can donate truly helps us a lot we it means a lot to us and also if um you're watching on youtube or whatever you know like give us a little like give us a little subscribe if you're enjoying it and if you're listening on any podcasts or podcasts with uh, ratings please leave us a review if you're enjoying the show that would help us greatly we appreciate it thank you all right, uh, Huber. Yo. It's time. It's, it's time. It's time. We've been waiting for this a while, especially you. This is uh, probably, this is definitely one of your favorite games ever. The original, oh, easily. At least. Easily. easily. And no question. No question. And The Last of Us Part 1 is finally here. Yeah. Now, before we get into it, I just want to quickly plug, there is a two-hour-plus spoiler mode that me and Huber shot. That will be going up for everybody in a few days, probably when this goes up. So keep an eye out yeah, for that Friday. if you want. We got Friday. a schedule for Friday. It's Friday. all set. It's good to go. Yeah. So if you want huge spoiler thoughts, me and Hebrew go through the entire game. Check that out. Yes. It's a good time. It was a good time. All right, Hubert, talk to me about The Last of Us Part 1, a controversial remake? Yeah, I think uh, because the original, just like the spoiler mode, when I when I say the original, I just mean the remaster. It's the same thing for me. So uh, just because the original holds up so well um, and the $70 price tag has been a big contentious spot, uh, you know, no no multiplayer as well, no factions in there. So that kind of devalues, you know, the the package. Right. Yeah. And um, one thing I was talking to Huber while we were going through mm-hmm. the script, and I'm like, yeah, couldn't they have just given you factions as is without like touching it up or anything? Like that's still going. Those servers are live right now. So why, yeah. why not? Blood, when you suggested that um, initially, I was like, what? Like that'd be weird. Like the <laughs> old, the old last of us and the new, the new one in the same package but like it would have been cool if it was just like a separate option boots that up totally totally because then then a lot of people who would have you know come into the last of us part one for the first time could have like gone back and seen that multiplayer but i totally get it because of the new multiplayer coming out they don't yeah. want to split their player base they want everyone focused on that that's, so it totally makes sense that's what i thought i thought they wouldn't want yeah. to like put yeah. too much of their out there they don't want to burn anyone out i guess as totally. silly as it may sound but absolutely totally i get it yeah uh but the last of us part one is a rebuilt from the ground up remake of the last of us but the audio and performances remain the same uh as do a lot of things you know there there's 
encounters are, are virtually the same. Uh, locations, obviously, I mean, it is a faithful, like, one-to-one remake. I mean, items are, are like, in the same spots. Uh, there, were t- there, were, there were weird sensations when I was playing, and I was like, you know, this is a new game, but it's an old game, so it's like, I know there's some pills in there. Let me go. Let me go grab those pills. Um, but it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous video. One of the, one of the best looking video games I've seen. But because maybe because I'm so attached to the original, I feel like some of the scenes didn't play as well with the new visuals. Um, in the spoiler mode, we talk about like the famous hunter scene where the car like rams into the the convenience store you know one of the one of the first things they showed such a famous scene um there's this guy that grabs you and like tries to slam joel into the glass and in the remake he's just looks like a normal dude kind of but in the in the original like this guy has like beady eyes he's like no other character really looks like him in the game he just like so like yeah so there were just like, <laughs> yeah, there were just parts that like felt a little too crisp, a little too clean, a little too, j- j- yeah, just crisp is the word yeah. I keep going back to. I mean, I think that's fair. You definitely lose something no matter what. If you change any graphical thing out or up, you'll lose something like Demon Souls remake. Great example of, yeah. I think that is the best version of play of that game for anyone probably. But definitely some things I think aren't as good. Mm-hmm. I think in Demon Souls it's more of an artistic design, but yeah, it, yeah, they totally so- took their own art style on yeah. that game for sure. But I think The Last of Us, it's much more just like the a technical limitation yeah. at the time. I guess they kind of worked with what they had at the time, and now they're like, well, let's make it a little more, I guess, as you said, clean, yeah, to be consistent with totally. maybe things more, but. Well, you're just how the different lighting engine probably works. The lighting is way way better. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, the nuance of it. It's it's different. It's just a different vibe. There's Mm -hmm. so much better. And like maybe just a little not as better, you know, Uh, just because the vibes change the feel. The feel of the game is just a little different, even though playing it is so faithful to the original like Mm -hmm. when you're bashing heads when you're sneaking around crawling through these places crouching through these places uh it really feels like it did back then just a little smoother graphics are better yeah i was gonna say i think movement Mm -hmm. as joel and transitioning into melee maybe felt a little more fleshed out and smooth like you said because absolutely i remember from the ps3 slash 4 version kind of like when you get in melee, it would like transfer into it. It'd be kind of yeah. like weird for a second. Yeah, sometimes your characters would be like, a little more smooth. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, to, uh, the AI as well, you know, the companion AI, like mm-hmm. Ellie would would bounce around a lot frantically. Uh, there was way less of that. I've really only seen it yeah. like one time. Definitely. Um, and then, of course, the enemy AI is just improved. You know, they kind of just like they do that shoulder look like they do in part two. Where that just, shoulder look, you man. know, and they'll just get you. They get you so easily. Yeah, they got me a lot. Um, but a lot of visuals are just incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. the the rain looks absurdly good. The enemies, the clickers look 
so much better than they did. I think of Ellie specifically. You know, we yeah. talked about how Joel has the beard, so like you can't really tell as much. Just this old guy, but uh, young I, Ellie just looks a lot, a lot better. I gotta got throw this in there because I just remembered review copy provided by PlayStation. There you go. <laughs> Do it again. Make it, make it let them know. Yeah, make a uh, note uh, if it's got to go on screen. Huber, yeah. I think a lot of the improvements for me were just kind of in their eyes. Yeah. And the way I looked at it, I think Joel just looked and maybe kind of like the wrinkles around him because he's like, what, 50 in this or yeah, something like, like 40s, that? 40s, 50s. I forget the exact age. Just looking tired and weathered. Like Tess is another great example of that, too. She looks much more like she's lived in this world instead of just being like really smooth. Like they mm-hmm. all kind of were on the PS3, 4 version. Totally. Yeah, I. I'm just I'm so mixed because it's so fresh, you know, I mean, this is going to be rattling around the comparisons of the original remaster and this are going to be rattling around in my brain mm-hmm. for the next decade or so. And I'm sure it will be debated oh, uh, yeah, for it years. It's just so fresh right now. And the vast majority I am I am very pleased on. It's mm-hmm. just I, I think that that initial. The attachment to the original and just. It is it like even if it's the most faithful remake ever made, like one for one, it's still an adaptation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. still different. It's a different game. So, yeah, yeah. The, I, the I feel like I run into that all the time, Huber. Where it's <laughs> it's like uh, like my my go to example is always like Super Mario All Stars on the Super NES. Oh, sure, sure, Being yeah, like but... the coolest, biggest upgrade at the time, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is cool. Like they've just like added all this detail and it looks so much better. But then another five years go by, and it's like, well, I don't want to play that version. I want to play the <laughs> NES version. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's a big part for me too, which you know it is a personal thing. Everyone has their own personal biases and you know brad you always say i have so many rituals it's like i I am i am a fan of of usually the original works you know i think of i think of resident evil remake obviously is like the one outlier that kind of like replaced the original because that's such a dramatic Mm -hmm. re like that is one of the most dramatic remakes um so yeah yeah it's tough it's tough to to think about yeah, well, with, with me with the Resident Evil remakes, it's like t- they're just entirely different games, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they they really are. are. Especially, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. You look at like Resident Evil Two, and it's like how different the PlayStation is versus mm-hmm. the modern one, and it's like, yeah. I mean, you you can enjoy each one of those games as they are. They've got the same name, but yeah, I'm not I'm not playing the 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 new one to get the vibes of the old one. It just is. Yeah, it does. It doesn't. It doesn't click in the same way. Absolutely. Well, with this, thankfully, you can play both versions pretty easily. If you have a PS5, you can play the remaster and this new version. So it's oh, a because of the PlayStation Plus collection. Well, I mean, you could just buy the game. You could buy the remaster sure, sure. version, and it's like you're not losing. Maybe. You're not losing one for another, which I really like. Yeah, I didn't like replace it. It's exactly like another option for now. Hopefully, they don't. Yeah. But Yes. Yeah. Uh, so other things too, just like the combat, the combat, I think overall is just better. Um, open combat, I'd say like, like, yeah. like the AI is just a little cleaner. The, the melee is cleaner. The companions are, are just a little smarter when they're with you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and obviously the enemy you know the visuals of the enemies again the clickers are freaks yeah uh they scare the shit out of me and the darkness brad you were talking about the lighting when we just when we first started it is unreal like like lighting mm-hmm. is lighting is my favorite thing in video games probably why i love horror games so much <laughs> or maybe because i love horror games i love lighting but it's like there's so much there's so many like pitch black spots when you're going through and you just light like you just have your little flashlight it looks so good Mm -hmm. and then you'll just and then you'll escape that darkness you'll come out of the darkness into like the forest and it's just breathtaking views Mm -hmm. everything looks so good i started talking about the rain earlier the rain like really stood out to me the way it like drops in the mud and and the puddles on the ground just i I know you've been you're not like the hugest enthusiast i guess but the dual sense did you like the the how it was featured in this game one of my favorites actually uh again i keep talking about this rain but like you'd feel the rain and then the 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 lightning would hit and then the thunder mm-hmm. would rumble your controller little things like that mm-hmm. obviously all the guns you know or, or like in the very beginning of the game at the checkpoint the a big truck is driving by and you kind of just like feel that in nice, the controller yeah. just like really cool immersive stuff and then obviously the accessibility features you know they use the haptics and the controller for like deaf audio and all this so oh i didn't know that just, just yeah I, I feel like I'd have to try it to fully understand it, but they're saying yeah. it's like it allows you to get a sense of like the rhythm and the emphasis put on a line mm-hmm. um, that you don't get with just reading the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's I, like vibrating I, harder, softer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quiet scene versus like dramatic scene. Yeah, uh, Hubert, to go back to combat, you were talking about earlier yeah. in encounters. Now. Yeah. The Last of Us 2 has much yes. more going on, like it prone does. and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, this does not have any of that. This is very in line with the original. Yeah. Would you have preferred if they built encounters from the ground up to have those mechanics in this? In this version that we got, no. Okay. Because it is so faithful. The encounters are the same. You know, if you threw in dodge and prone, it would break these encounters. Right. I mean, if they took that into consideration when designing everything. For me, Brad, it would have had to been a full-on dramatic remake. Like a reimagined, like fully, fully new acting, new everything. Mm. Like if they had gone all in, then yes. But if they... but. But if they retained like they did in this version, the audio and the performances and everything, it would have been, I think it would have been even even weirder because they mm-hmm. were trying to just be right. that original game. If you started messing with the combat encounters, then you would have had to, in my opinion, redone the, the voice acting, redone the performances, all that from the ground up. Um, yeah. Would you have preferred that? You know, I think so, Brad. Mm-hmm. I think so. It's going to come. It's harsh. I know I'm always so harsh on Last of Us because it's my favorite. <laughs> uh, I think so because the remaster on PS4 mm-hmm. kind of already filled this void, you know? Yes. Like, sure, this improves some some little wonky melee companion stuff and the visuals are, like, better. But... I play the remaster like every year or two, mm-hmm. you know, and 
it it is remarkable how well that game still holds up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. So I feel like maybe for a remake, like I, I I'm so torn. I'm always so torn. I'm always so torn <laughs> because I love part of me loves how faithful it is to that original. Right. You know, I mean, it really is. It's the same game, just with a big facelift. But then at the same time, it's like, well, we already had the remaster. So maybe like I I would have loved to have seen what they could have done, you know, because there were times when. There were times when, like. You saw the past, you saw the limitations, right? Mm -hmm. When you're you're exploring and you have a little quiet conversation or something. And it's like, okay, yeah, that was like PS3, PS4, like. What would that have been like now? Would it have been more natural? Would they have said more? Would they have like maybe approached each other or like would it have been less stiff? Because all that stuff is still in this game, even though it's rebuilt from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Those little moments of like Ellie, hey, look at this on the wall, you know, all those old scenarios. Yeah, you know, and despite them being old, I'd say they hold up pretty damn well still. Absolutely. Because, yeah, the original still holds up to this day. Yeah. It's insane, you know, almost a 10-year-old game, and it's still so good. It's interesting you talk about maybe changes for this. I think back to Shadow of the Colossus and Demon's Souls remakes, and I I love those games so much in the originals. Yeah. And in my heart, I wish they did something a little different, like Mm -hmm. added something a little different, but I understand why I understand why they didn't because it's not the same developer as the original, but this is the same developer. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping they would throw in something a little, just a little something different. Totally. I couldn't help but feel like, I was like, man, they got to do something, right? Yeah. I was playing. I was like, they just got to do something, right? Just anything. Yeah. And it's like, no, they did one cool thing. We spoiled it in the spoiler mode. There's an enemy that has been enhanced. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. There is there is a spot where it's like, ah, that's from I think part two there. Only a diehard Last of Us fan would notice that. Like you, because I had no idea. Sure. And I was like, oh, I, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, but that's <laughs> cool. That's cool that like a big fan like you noticed it. Yeah. Oh, oh. my gosh. I'm sure there's a lot of things I didn't notice. And then, oh, that too. That too, Brad. Like, like that stuff in this in this remake as well is just better the mm-hmm. the lack of yellow everywhere it's still there it's, it's still, still there, there but less it seems like way less yellow mm-hmm. like everything blends together way more naturally the cover and the the environmental puzzles if you will mm-hmm. um and the little details in in a lot of the stores you know the museum has like extra busts everywhere and, okay and uh, I, I could have sworn I went to a pizza shop and there was like a big new like mm-hmm. pizza oven, just like li- these little details, uh, you know, in the offices as well. Like just all the little props everywhere. Dude, they have um, so much detail in like all these so, places. So much detail um, that is definitely an improvement over over the original, like for sure, hands down an improvement. That's the thing. The, the nuance of it all, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's the last of us. So it's going to be contentious. It's an exclusive. It's a $70 remake. Like mm-hmm. it is dramatic. It, it's going to be a dog right. fight in there, but I just, be. 
I want everyone to know, like, my opinions are so all over the place. They're all over the place. So they're up here, like 10 out of 10 is the best. And then there's like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, oh, I don't really like this. So there's just so much to this. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for just the world to analyze this thing for for a while. Are there still uh, PS3s locked in time? Uh, huh? that's like a great like laying in the uh the world blood like an actual yeah PS3. like the people's yeah. apartments you would see ps3s and stuff i oh, saw yeah. like some like mascot characters yes it's like toys i saw but i, I couldn't remember actually in the toy store there used to be like an uncharted board game and i was looking for it and it wasn't there oh hmm. wow it's like huh I took that out maybe i missed it maybe i maybe they switched it i don't know but i was like I, it's always right here uh, Hubert, so yeah. when I played through this, I played through this on grounded mode on your recommendation. Oh, wow. And yeah. For you Got and to. me, someone like you and me, this is the definitive way to play this game, I would say. Absolutely for you and I, Brad. Um, but, but, <laughs> but it's about finding that sweet spot for you. It is vital. Mm-hmm. It is vital. To because you can tweak this game to hell. <laughs> so many options, accessibility options, difficulty options, like the most options in a game ever. Like you can tweak so many things. Obviously, like when the PC version comes out, it's gonna be even more like whoa. Um, it's about finding that sweet spot, you know, because grounded for you and I might be moderate for someone else, but it's about pushing yourself to where the enemies are a threat. And you need to scavenge like the most important feeling of the last of us for me is two. There are two things. One, if I miss a shot, it hurts me. Yeah, it does. Two, the constant pressure, like in a, in a, in a hostile zone, stealth, whatever you're creeping through the danger, the danger is there. There are places to explore for supplies, but enemies are on you and you need to get out of there. What do you do? Do you go for the supplies? Do you go? That balance, like having that fear and that question is is crucial for me in in this game. I think that's an essential part of this game is feeling that pressure. And I think you should find the zone for you where you feel that sort of pressure. Absolutely. And honestly, I don't think you should use listen mode no matter what difficulty you're playing this game. On, <laughs> yeah, or any, yeah. I don't like it in this game. And I think yeah. it ruins it, honestly. Yeah. Really where you just like you have Batman detective vision. You can see everything. You lose so much from the game. So much of the, the fear for sure. The way the encounters are designed, you like think about them way more when you know yeah. you just can't look through some walls to see them. Yep. Uh, the audio, there's 3D audio, so you just hear them. You know, I sampled yeah. that for a sec. I'm I'm not huge on 3D audio, so it's like whatever. But just normally, you know, oh, you I really it. nice. It was, I liked it. Yeah, just normally, you gotta lis- listen to listen to your surroundings. Be aware of your mm-hmm. surroundings. They got rid of that audio cue and grounded, uh, or, or maybe just in general, but it's specifically on grounded in the original. When an enemy would would be like looking at you, or if you're in danger, the the audio would go, mm-hmm. and you would like quickly retreat. You know, mm-hmm. you're like coming out of cover, and it's like, oh nope, that's gone. So it's just like you really gotta know mm. when to go, where to go, 
and, and just be be careful. Yeah, I love that. Uh, uh, listen mode, you know, like if you've never played Last of Us, listen mode basically you just hold a button and you can see through walls. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a cooldown on it, I believe. And honestly, my recommendation would be like. If if The Last of Us is hard for you, like I would put the difficulty down down a notch and remove listen mode versus like up a notch with yeah, it. You know I what agree. I mean? Like I like agree. tone it down and turn it off rather than boot it up and keep it on. Like mm-hmm. get that thing out of here. Yeah, I agree. Bloodworth, <laughs> sure. I don't really know your history with this game or anything like that. Are you interested in this? Um yeah, I, I mean I totally love The Last of Us. It's just I don't do the the replays and stuff that like you guys do because mm-hmm. I'm always like just trying to cram in games I haven't played before so much. Right. No, um, no. But uh, yeah, like since it has been so long for me, like I'm kind of interested in this, but I it's probably it's not something I would grab for seventy dollars. I was gonna say, you do know? you think like if I, if I got a code or something like that, or if somebody had a disc that I could borrow? Right. Do you think if it was sixty? Or fifty, would you be more inclined? Um, maybe, but yeah, I think. I mean, I probably yeah, it's probably something that like I'm in no rush, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like when it goes on sale or it goes on PlayStation Plus for the month or something like that. Like that might be when I go and replay it. There's like no urgency for me to yeah. to jump in and see it right now and pay that full price. Great perspective. I think. I could be wrong. That's why I've been looking this up. I think Shadow of the Colossus was $40 when it came out. Mm. And I honestly yeah, and think see, that's a game that like, you know, yeah, like I'm really interested in. And I right, wanted exactly. to see what they did to to clean it up because it was always that kind of like that, you know, that that big burden on the Shadow of the Colossus where like you have this amazing game, you have these gigantic creatures, but then you just right. like have the tech that chug. Yeah, you know? definitely. It definitely would- needed more. I, I, how many times have you guys heard me ask about video game budgets? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I would love to know the budget of this remake because then, then it would like maybe be a little more clear why it's seventy bucks. You know, it, like was this game insanely expensive? I mean, the the visuals are like some of the best I've ever seen in. 35 years right. of living like they are absurdly good well this is does a, that translate to cost like this is imagine. a different era of games compared to 2008 and yeah. naughty dog is like sony's one of if not their premier developer i would say so they mm-hmm. not sony probably treats the last of us as like their their big their whatever beans. like yeah, I guess, or like they're this is their game that would win an Oscar kind of thing like that. I yeah. guess where they they treat The Last of Us yeah. extremely in high regard. The seventy dollars is a message. It is a statement. It is mm-hmm. yo. This is the best possible video game product you can buy today. And that's, honestly, like right, that's what they're if, saying with that price. Yeah, yeah and, and if we're looking at it just like that, like. I'm not really going to argue that. Like, I think The Last of Us is one of the best possible video game products mm. you could buy in the year 2022. Where it gets weird is the remaster is available 
right cheap or free on plus or whatever it, whatever it is now yeah. you know i think it is it is free on plus yeah. you just download it like finding what if this game is worth it to not is is for everyone to decide for themselves i guess you know mm-hmm. i personally was gonna spend 70 dollars on this game like no problem because i haven't mm-hmm. played this game in a long time and i i do have fond memories of the original but yeah it's just gonna be up to you out there to figure out if this is worth it for you or not and yeah i, I, I mean think it's to great, me it's but... like if it's a game you've never played before then it you know right like it's a no-brainer that it's worth 70 dollars like Correct. i don't like you're saying, like it's not a game that you're gonna go into and you're gonna feel like, oh, this is super old and weird and yeah. clunky. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah, yeah, if you've never played it. Yeah, sure. I think this is a great way to hop in, especially with the show coming out. Mm-hmm. The whole synergy they're building around this franchise. Because I, because I got to remember too, like not everyone has my original mentality. You know, Mm -hmm. like I like the original works of a lot of things. That's a personal thing of mine. Mm -hmm. So some, you know, person out there who's never played The Last of Us. I would maybe be like, play the original. But for them, like. Maybe they just want to play the the better the better I mean, looking one. Like, if the money it doesn't matter to them, isn't an issue for you. I would recommend this newer version mm-hmm. over the old one, without a doubt, no question. I would say play the newer one. I just think for modern gaming or whatever this era that we are in, I think this is a better way to experience that game. There it is. Yeah. All right. Well, last was part one. Last was. Also, a lot of people weren't able to finish the original, Brad, because of the lack of accessibility options. So I didn't know this. Yeah, that's huge. Like, they've added so many of these features to allow... Mm. Like, I I am fully convinced that just about everyone could be able to roll credits on this game. Yeah, by putting probably. in a little time with all the difficulty options and all the accessibility options combined, like mm-hmm. just about everyone can get through this game, which is incredible. Oh, uh, quickly before we move on, tell me about just a little bit about uh, Left Behind. Yeah, Left Behind's in there as well. Same treatment as the original game. Mm-hmm. Um, Was there any moments where you're like, man, I liked this more than the original kind of thing? No, you think for that one not for that one not really actually maybe it's, it's like not so... as sacred as the base game I guess yeah I you know I wish that that was another spot where I kind of wish they had like expanded just a little more you know I think mm. of that arcade section and it's oh. like, <laughs> but it's such a famous part you know again, yeah. oh, I'm so torn I'm so yeah torn. I think and rightfully so they were afraid of just messing something up and pissing people off right. and I, I totally get it because. I know this is a game held in high regard, especially, you know, with like the the division that part two made for people, you know? Yeah. A lot of splits in it. Like you and me are split on it. I don't hate that game or anything like that, but we, we're not exactly on the same page with it. But it's like everyone is kind of like, yo, the last was part one, though. Yeah. Is like held in high regard by everybody, pretty much totally risky thing making this game. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm blown away that it is as as faithful and basically one for one mm-hmm. as it as it turned out it is it is pretty intense 
I also wonder when this comes to PC, if P- if it'll be seventy dollars. Great question. I feel like 60? I feel like the PS5. Tax. I feel like the PC crowd maybe won't be as willing to pay seventy dollars for this game mm-hmm. or games in general. Maybe mm-hmm. like I do wonder. Like Returnal's been kind of like leaked to come to the PC, but it, that game's you know came out last year, so I wonder how it'd be priced and. Whenever this game comes out, we don't know when it's coming out. We just know it's coming. So I yeah. wonder how they'll handle that. Yeah. Can't wait for those mods, Brad. Oh my god, dude. You see mods. <laughs> who, who are they gonna mod in for for Joel? Who'd be a good one? Kermit again? Kermit's going around in Spider-Man. Dude, <laughs> Colonel Sanders. Colonel dude, Cuber, <laughs> this is the one you do. You just put Kratos in there instead of Joel. There it is. There it is. Kratos. Joel, Kratos oh with gosh. the shotgun, dude. Kratos oh, and yeah. Calliope. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. Kratos with a shotgun, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, Bloodworth, mm-hmm. you've been playing. You checked out the Splatoon three open Splatfest. Now Splatoon three is nice. not officially out, but they did right. like a a preview Splatfest. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really it, know what these. It's are. kind of like having an open beta. Explain um, what this whole yeah. thing is. So Splatfests are like limited time events that they do every couple of months or so in Splatoon. Okay. And so um in the they and they basically like have you pick a team and then fight for your team. Um and so um like uh in the past they did like ones that would be they'd be like voting on things, right? So like you'd be on like is ketchup better or is mayonnaise better? And so you like join team ketchup or team mayo. Um and this time around They've got um, three teams in uh, Splatoon 3 Splatfest. So the first one they did was like rock, paper, or scissors. Okay. So, so it was like you joined team rock, team paper, team scissors. What team did you join? I went to rock. Okay. And we won. Okay. Beat nice. them okay. And it was funny because like when I when I tuned in, they like they had an update and like halfway through the day, like team scissors was winning. Um, hmm. So we managed to come out on top. Uh, but the uh, the other fun thing with uh, the Splatfest is that usually like kind of the the town hub is like in the daylight but during splatfest it's like it's at night everyone's having a big party there's a lot more things going on with npcs there's like dudes selling dumplings and (laughs) there's lights and the uh the uh, the announcers who usually just like give you like stats and stuff on like the stages like they're up there like doing a dance routine up on a stage and there's like graffiti and lights and you know screens projected everywhere and just, just like just like even before I went into the lobby to play the play the game, you know, actually, mm-hmm. um, it just felt like that world and that town was just so lively. And there's just so many little things to like wander around and look at, you know, and it's like you can't even buy anything in the shops because it's the demo version and you can't, oh. you know, can't get any coins or anything. Right. You could still walk into the shops and like, you know, say hi to the shopkeepers and that kind of thing and just okay. kind of check out what's going to be there. How was the town? Uh, what's that? How was the town? That yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I was saying. It was, it was just cool to like well, how wander it, around and look how at How do things. you think it compared to the other games? Um, Yeah, it's it definitely feels like there's just like a like it's still just sort of like a loop. But okay. there are more like little side alleys and stuff to kind of okay. wander down. And like, I, you know, and I know that there's certain things that like the, the story mode is, you know, right. in one of those little corners right. or whatever. And you could see the uh the kind of chess table they had because like you know how they're going to have that card game 
mm-hmm. that's in there this time around. So you could see where that's all going to go down. Nice. Yeah. So it was, it was nice to to move around there. The one thing that is like just a little bit of a downside is it looks like the, I think that the, the town hub runs at like 30 frames per second versus 60 um, when you're in th- game. versus 60 when you're in a match. Yeah. Um, but you've got, you know, they have like different player avatars pop up and like people are able like in all the games you're able to like draw little notes so you get to see like all of this art and stuff and people's art is like displayed up on the walls Ooh. um and little messages and things actually there was a funny thing after the splat fest was over um people went back to splatoon 2 and a whole bunch of people had posted messages saying welcome home cheater oh man <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious Just playing right into the meme nice um, but then once you go into the lobby, they actually have like, uh, while you, while you're matchmaking, they have like a, uh, like a little shooting gallery area. Mm-hmm. So you can like change out weapons and they had like, just a whole pile of weapons and gear unlocked. So you could experiment, you could try okay. out like That's fun. every weapon type you wanted to. Do you, um, do you, little bit, do you do any new ones, blood? Yeah. Um, it took me a while like, cause I had basically warm up first. So like I made the mistake of like, as soon as I realized that I was like, Oh, let me try out the new weapons. And, like I just got destroyed. And then I went back to them like towards the end of the night. Cause it only went from like 9am to 9pm on Saturday. Um, and, uh, and then I, I had a little, little bit of better feel for them. So the, the two kind of main weapons, uh, that are new is there's like a, there was like a bow that like shoots out three arrows Right. Um, and then you sort of, so it's, it's kind of like one of the sniper rifles where he's like, you have to charge it up and then release. Mm-hmm. And the longer you charge it, like the further your arrows are going to go. Uh, and then there's a Splatana, which is like a, a windshield wiper. Um, and that's, um, it's sort of between like a brush and a roller because it has like a, like kind of like sporadic spread pattern when you're just like slap, slapping it around. Uh, but then you can hold it down to do like a vertical strike as well. Um, How many uh, hits to kill someone close. with that thing? Um, I think it. I think if you get in close and you do the charge swipe, you can get them in one hit. Nice. Um, but yeah, that's another thing that was nice is that like in the shooting gallery area, you could see like actual like damage numbers when cool. you hit these little like uh, inflatable uh, like dummy enemies that are in there. So it's nice to to get in there and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other kind of big thing that's different in the Splatfest um, is uh, they have like special like special objective modes that aren't available during the regular play, and so during this they introduced uh, tricolor turf wars. So usually you're playing two teams of four. Um, but during the Splatfest, um, once they get the tricolor turf wars out, then it's the leading team. So like scissors at the time, like I said, gets four players versus two versus two and then rock on one side and, and paper on the other side. And so it's like, you're trying to pincer in and, and get the, the, the middle ground from the, from the red team. Sick. And there's this, uh, there's a device in the center called the ultra signal. And so what you've got to do, if you're the red team, you've got to defend the ultra signal from the other two teams. If you're the blue or yellow team, you had to get in there and you'd have to like hold on to the signal for like, know, like three or five seconds to like that where you can't attack, you can't defend yourself. You're just relying on other team members to like keep you safe or just to get in there when there's an opening. But then if you get it, 
then it puts down this big sprinkler on the map and it like sprays like a big radius of the map in your team's color. Um, and then there can be up to two of those sprinklers on the map at a time. And like, it gives you just a huge advantage because even if somebody sprays that area, the sprinkler is just going to spray back over it. Um, and so I was looking at the battle maps afterwards. When I was talking to Andre from game explain about, you know, kind of some of the nuances and stuff. And it's like, I was like, okay, so if you're on red, like you just need to like, like if that happens, like the, the sprinkler is not totally devastating. Cause I did law, I did lose when we had two sprinklers out, but like you want to try to then go for the other team's base, you know, mm-hmm. and like that's always a big part of the strategy is like a lot of the times, like if you're just fighting over the middle ground all the time, like you can lose sight of the fact is like, if I just get over into enemy territory, start, you know, spraying down their area, then, you know, we can get the advantage because platoon's all about ground coverage. I had, I had games where I would like kill, I got like eight kills in a match, but it didn't matter because we didn't have the ground covered. So it's not Sick. about kills. Heck yeah. I love when it's not about kills. Play the objective. Yeah. yeah. Love playing the objective. <laughs> uh, Blood, were these new maps that you played on? There's a mix. Um, I think the one that the tricolor was on, it's it, it seemed very similar to an old map. Uh, there's definitely some new ones based on the new area. They would change out maps every two hours as well mm-hmm. during the Splatfest. So I don't think I even saw all the ones that they had. Um, there's some new sub weapons as well. There's like this... Uh, this shark like inflatable shark thing that like oh, charges forward yeah. and then like blows up at the end and it's you can hit the button to to uh explode earlier uh so that was fun to mess around with uh there's this thing called the tactic cooler that you put down um to where basically it's like uh it's like a drink station and like it pops up and there's four drinks there so your whole team can get buffs um but each person can only get one buff you know mm-hmm. one of those buffs That's- so it's a- is that a class, Bloodworth? Uh, it's is not that like a, a class on the item. So the <laughs> way that so the, the way that the weapons work, Huber, yeah. is so the weapons come in sets. Yeah. So there's like, uh, so there's like your main weapon, like one of the brushes, and then it comes with a specific type of bomb and a specific type of one of these super weapons. Great, great. And so you, that's kind of the thing is like finding the right kind of like set up that you want to go and then the Very same cool. thing with your gear the clothes and stuff that you get those each one of those uh clothing items also has perks so it's like Shit. this one uses less ink for That's your right. main weapon or this one uses less ink for your sub weapon and then when you get into the real game they might have like additional like question mark slots that you don't find out what those other perks are until you keep that gear equipped and you level it up after a while but during mm. Splatfest, all you got was like the, the the first perk that was visible. Blood, when they had the um, Nintendo Direct around this recently, mm-hmm. I did not really like I don't I've played some of two, so I have a little experience, but I, not a lot. But you told me about this and I saw this later on, too, is people maybe complaining that it didn't feel different enough from a sequel. Like maybe the three isn't justified quite yet. Now, I know you just played a brief slice of this game, just a little tiny bit. How are you feeling about this as like a true sequel to two? Um, yeah, it's hard because like I, I I have seen players that, you know, are still currently playing two. And mm-hmm. They jump in and they immediately, you know, note some of the differences. And there are other things that like because of your muscle memory, like you just for, forget existed. Like there's this new mechanic where you can right. like jump out of the ink and you get like iframes. And like I forgot entirely about that 
because when you get into a match, it's like you're just like rushing to like cover territory. You know? Right. You yeah, like, totally. Oh, yeah, I can do that now. So I feel like some of that stuff, some of those little nuances are I think that's like where the single player is so good is so good in the mm-hmm. past mm-hmm. at like teaching you all of that stuff. And like you learn that stuff through platforming and you know puzzles and all of that kind of thing and then you like you get that stuff ingrained in your head and then you go out into a match with other people and it's like oh yeah i can do that now Mm -hmm. or like i know how to use this weapon a little bit better you know in context now that i've gotten a chance to do it where i'm not under the pressure of the clock and all of that so it it'll definitely be interesting to see how it all comes together right um so but there's yeah there's definitely Im- improvements there but at the same time it also feels like I'm just I'm just hopping back in and I've got new weapons and hmm, and they add yeah. so much to the game over time anyways. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's, it's hard for me years? to jump back after <laughs> after not playing for a while. Right. It's like okay, which things are new to 3 and which things are just were new to 2 but I didn't jump back into 2 in time to have seen them already. Mhm. Um, Huber, how much Splatoon have you played? I know you played, a, I always remember you telling me you played Splatoon 1 at E3 with Plessis or something. Yeah. <laughs> and we destroyed loved. everyone, yeah. Right. Did you um, play 2? I played 2 a little bit, but I had I had 1 on Switch, and I played 1 a good amount. Um, Not, like, obsessing mm-hmm. levels. Uh, But I played 1 a bunch, but then by the time 2 came out, I kind of just played it at, at group streams. Right, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. But dipped out. Um, but I love Splatoon, you know? Mm-hmm. I really love it. So depending on when this hits, what's going on in my life, the the community sentiment, Bloodworth's opinion, like all of these are going to dictate uh, whether I whether I hop into three or not. Because now two, I'm behind in the stories. Two had some insane story. It's now right. three's it's got right. some story. It's like, what's even happening in Splatoon? I'm in out of a loop. I don't think you need to worry about the story too yeah, much. They're yeah. really, they are good campaigns and, and worth going through, but I don't yeah, think two, you have to worry about connecting things. Two's story looked freaking cool, but mm. like the, the <laughs> missions and stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm curious too with the new environment with the Splatlands. It's that like mm. stark bright desert you know even like when you create your character at the beginning it's like this mad max scene with like you just sitting in a canyon and you've got this like little like fish companion guy then you like choose what kind of mohawk or whatever he's got <laughs> mm-hmm. nice oh it's a great little character creator uh but yeah i i think it it's it's amazing to me just like how hard they go in just in terms of that world building and that vibes for a multiplayer game here like i said like, just, yeah. like i said just like walking around the hub town and like all this is here for is for that. me to like go shopping and like do some mini games but there's just so much to look at there's so many characters there's so much of like music and language and all of these little things that go into the background that make it all work so well so much more um, interesting than just like a lobby right blood yeah just like yeah mm-hmm. and then just you know you know the, the controls and everything like it just feels so refined it feels so fun to play and there's and you know like when we're talking about experimenting with these different weapons it's like i could jump into something like there's this luna blaster thing that's kind of like a shotgun ish you know it's like you charge and then it pows and you know kind of feel and it's like man i don't i don't get this right now 
but I'll move on to something else. And then maybe when I come back to it, I'll have a better feel for, you know, and there's just so many different, and the same thing with like uh, the sniper rifles, right? Like anything where it's like a little bit more of like a charge rather than just like spray and pray is like, it takes a little bit more practice with, mm-hmm. um, but, but there's so much variety there, you know, or you can just like grab a roller and just like roll the ground. It's like, okay, I've got the base covered. You know, my, my team's out there getting blown up, but at least you know, we've, we've got some territory covered over here. Mm-hmm. Those big, slow rollers, especially. Um, sure. And that's the thing. It's like the weapons are just so different than just like picking up a different kind of gun with a different, you know, rate of fire. Right. Uh, we got a few questions about Splatoon 3 Splatfest. Uh, this first one is from our good friend Tim O'Keefe. Hey allies, I put oh, I haven't put a lot of time in the uh, Splatoon series, but jumped in for the Splatfest and committed to using the gyro controls. It takes some getting used to, but I see the appeal. How do you guys find the gyro? Do you turn it off, make some tweaks, and do you wish other games used gyro more? I like the gyro in this game. I like the gyro aiming, and I do wish more FPSs, especially on console, used it to aim. What about you, Blood? Yeah, I use it, uh, and like you're saying, there's, there's a little bit of an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just I just forget that it, I'm even using it. Like, it just becomes second nature to me. Um, mm-hmm. And even I think them having the recenter, like, on the Y button, on an actual face button to where it's, like, just really easy to hit that. Like, if, you know, if you realize, like, oh, it's, you know, it's a little bit off, you hit that, and, like, you're good to go. Um, it makes it feel really, really painless. And I think that I think it's actually in some ways more natural to just like tilt your wrists a little bit than to like grab the analog stick, you know, and, and try to, to, to just use analog controls on their own. Right. What about you? It's that fine tuning. Yeah. Yeah. What about, do you, have you ever really used gyro controls, Huber? Yeah. I'm not really into. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of just like, I got my twin sticks. I'm good to go. Yeah, I can. I can like maybe I should switch it up because my aim is shit. So (laughs) like in all games, my aim is trash. That's why I rely on stealth so much. So maybe I should uh, mix it up. uh, up. The game has gyros. Yeah, yeah, mix it up. I like it. It's been it's been a while since I've given it another go. Yeah. So I'll uh, you gotta give it like at least an hour. Yeah, to feel it out. Good call. Next time, another game has gyros. Uh, Breath of the Wild 2 will have gyro aim again, which definitely use framing. Uh, This one's from Sigma. I really, really like the Splatoon 3 Splatfest demo, even though bugs, some lag waiting time and no option to back out of exit after you confirm. My question, though, is after playing, I I was asking myself, do you prefer a brand new look to a franchise each time or do you prefer them to perfecting what's there till it's almost perfect? Then try giving a new look. What do you guys think? Uh, just quickly, I think Splatoon 3, I'm totally cool with them just iterating and making it better as it goes on. But once you get to four in, in a series, I think you still really start need to looking at it a little harder, maybe, and making some huge shakeups. I like that. Yeah, if you're making like a trilogy, have a right. kind uniform. It's probably why that, you know, I, I, th- I thought of that too with uh, Last of Us Part 1, Brad, kind of making it look like two. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you have three, then you just have this like trilogy that connects a little easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that. Yeah. Then when, then when you mix it up on a fourth one, like let's get a little weird. Yeah. 
What do you think, bud? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one again. Like, I think it's one of the reasons why seeing that environment for the story stood out so well because it was like you're more out, you know, in the desert. You see like this crazy like ruined structure, the Eiffel Tower in the background. You know, you're just like, what is going on? Rather than just being in like this kind of like you know Shibuya inspired urban mm-hmm. center again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but at the same time, like. Platoon has just already such a distinctive look, um, yeah. and I and I think that you know that's not just that's not just an aesthetic thing. It's also about communicating to the player like everything that's going on. Like those colors pop, you know exactly like mm-hmm. where you need to spray. You see the difference between a part of the map that's not colored versus a part of the map you know that just can't be colored, and you know so it's like all of these little details like really work to, you know, like it's, it's as a shooter, it almost doesn't seem like a shooter because it's like, it's so approachable for people that usually wouldn't jump into these kind of games at all, you know? Yeah, I Um, agree. I definitely think uh, Splatoon's a good shooter. If you're new to them, it feels like low pressure every time I played that game, like who cares, you know, just have fun, kind of spray some ink around. Fun to win, fun to lose. Fun to win, fun to lose. Just like start definitely had some fun to lose moments. Yeah. Okay, so the next game I've been playing has is Triangle Strategy. Nice, nice. Now, I want to play I, this. I love strategy RPGs big time. I think Promacy Tactics was probably the first one I played back in probably like nineteen. I don't know. Pretty soon it came out. Yeah. Anyways. I want to say it was like 98 or something like that. Yeah, it was after 98. I know that. But um, I feel like it's kind of been a while since we've had some, but now they're starting to come back, especially this year. I feel like Square Enix is kind of going in pretty hard with strategy RPGs. Now, uh, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember who made this game, but if you're curious, this game is a grid-based tactics game, similar to if you... Final Tag, so I'm going to compare that to a lot because everyone does. Uh, it has that sweet HD 2D style. It looks gorgeous. And uh, like some games in the series, it has a very dark and mature storyline. Like, yes, things look 16-bit or whatever, but like deaths happen. There's some betrayal, some backstabbing, some dark moments where you're like, damn. Sick. But one thing I really like about this game, and I think it's probably the highlight of it, or it makes it feel the most unique to me is there's points in the game where you need to make choices. Ooh. And these choices can be very difficult about what you pick. A lot of them don't always seem no brainers from picking them. For instance, there's one part where you can either you're, you're held up in an area like a castle kind of thing. You can either surrender one of your units to the enemy. And I think avoid the battle or you could be like, no, we're we're stocking up. We're fighting these guys. Yeah, fight. Which, which is what I did. I Hell yeah, like, I'm not no, giving anyone up. No. But, no um, way. I'm not selling my soldiers out. But they, it. I guess how I say it could kind of sound one way where you're like, yeah, I'm not going to sell them out. But the game does a good job of building up to it where you you could see why you would pick the other side. Nice. You can like, kind of understand sense. that. And what helps that is your party members are often split on these decisions about mm. what to happen. But this kind of ties into there's this mechanic of these like scales that everyone votes on to make a decision. 
you're left with these two decisions, you know, do this or do that. People have their opinions and everyone votes. But as the player, as the main character, Saranoa, you can talk to these party, your party members and try to sway them to another side if you this want. This is crazy, dude. So, yeah. <laughs> this is so, an like, adventure game, dude? No, but there are moments <laughs> like that. Just high stakes choices where, yeah, Sick. like you got this moment and your party is split about who they want to vote for or what they want to do. So you could either talk to them, go through a few questions and like try to convince them. I've convinced some of them. Sometimes I've failed because mm. maybe not every answer I picked was what I thought they would want. You really got to get to know your party members. Mm. And yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, does that ever result in like, somebody holding a grudge and like, not, they're not going to go your way just because they don't not like yet, you? Not yet, Bloodworth. I haven't had anything like that. I'm about nine hours in. I don't know how long this game is, but I haven't gotten to a point yet where someone's like, fuck you and just like leaving the party or anything like that. But there's definitely been moments where I've been like, oh, I don't know if I should have done that Dang. kind of thing like that. But it's been sick. Uh, combat, very traditional. You got your grid base. You got your classes. You're moving through them. Um, your main character, Sarah Noah, is like a, a swordsman. You know, you got a few moves. Got like a, a strike you could do to delay your enemy units uh, order in a turn. So if they're coming up, you can try to delay them and push them back a little bit more. Uh, he's got like a sick AOE kind of slice like that. So far, every unit is they're like one class type. Okay. So Cerno like says like a swordsman. There's someone who's your uh your fiance in the game. She's like a fire mage, stuff like that. And I haven't gotten to a point, I don't know if you will, where you could just kind of assign whatever job you want to anybody like that. They seem very much locked into their role, but you can upgrade them like uh Cerno, I did it because he's the main character and I wanted to beef him up is you can upgrade him from like sword then like sword master swordman and sword master something like that but you need an item to do it but I've only found one item the entire time that I've Mm. played he's the only one I've been able to promote in class wise I don't know how many there are in this game I don't know if you can do everyone I don't think you can so there comes some weight about who you want to upgrade but you can also upgrade other stats with them not like a new job not boosting their job up but like hey i'm going to spend these resources to let you do about five more damage or something like that or five more health but every time you do this it's going to increase so you got to really think about what you're doing yeah um along with you uh when you get a promotion you get that like that sick thing like the a pretty good swap with the uh the character sprite or yeah their sprite changes not like in story stuff, it's the same sprite. When you're on the battlefield, it's different. So yeah, you get a little bit of something there. Nice. Um, how the game works is you got this world map and there's the red objective. That's always your main objective. You can go through that. But there's also like little side stories. You can uh, go around through the map. So you're in this game. You are a part of this house, one of the lead houses for this kingdom. So you serve the king and all that stuff. You're like the head house. You can go around there would be the main mission, but sometimes you could check on the other houses that serve the kingdom and get a little story from them and see what all they are doing. And doing some of these can pay off because you can learn about these houses with some choices that may come up. So by you putting out the work mm. to find out more about them, it can pay off big time of understanding where a character's motivation is at. Because some of these choices you don't know unless you kind of put in the effort to really learn who they are. 
But thankfully, it doesn't get so overwhelming. You're having a hard time of memorizing who all these people are or anything like that. There is a lot of story in this game, though. It starts pretty slow, I would say. Like the first three hours of this game, I say, are really story heavy. So there was like one, maybe two battles. So is text right? No, no VO. No, there's VO. There's VO. Oh, wow. oh there's VO. Yeah, there's Crazy. a lot of VO. Wow. I think most of it is VO. So that does help, but it's just a lot of stories. So like I was getting antsy when I was playing. I was like, I just want to. You get a brief taste of this combat system with the tutorial. Then I'm like, I really want to experiment kind of now. But the game's like, no, no, no. It's story time for a while. And you're like, oh, all right, I guess I'll get into it. I feel like that happens to you a lot, Brad, where you're like, let's just go here. Yeah. Like, obviously, I think the story gets way better and really cool where I'm invested in these characters that are with me now. Like, you got this um, this old guy, Hubert. He's been like Sick. kind of like your, your right-hand man, your advisor. Amazing. The whole game. You know, he's known you from birth, essentially, and he served your dad and stuff like that. He's with you. He's one of the sick guys. He's he's cool because he buffs people. That's, like, his nice. main thing. He, like, buffs a lot of people. I like this guy. But, yeah, it's a really sick tactical RPG. I really like it. I want to keep going. I feel like there's still a lot for me to uncover with this game because I'm, like, learning as I go, but yeah <laughs> what one cool example i'll give you of a fight uh this has been a cool example there was a decision i had to make about handing over that person or not <laughs> so then when i was holding up my four another choice came up of yo we can burn our town down the houses to kill enemy units advancing whoa or we could try to not do that you know and spare the town i tried to spare the town I don't know if it's possible to do it on a first run through because I think wow. there's a new game plus and you could go back and like do different choices. I'm so not sure. Hard. Maybe if you're like super good at this game and you're super crazy, I'm playing on normal. There's easy, normal and hard. Maybe if you're a freak and you just know <laughs> this game so well, you can do it. But I was like, man, I don't even know if I could do this because one of the units was like a boss and just was like crushing me and like overwhelming units. But you know, I burned down the town and like it took out a lot of guys, but That's I felt so it, man. Because citizens mm. were like, before the battle, like, like, oh, man, I hope my house doesn't get burnt down, but I I understand why you kind of do it. So this game, the game does a pretty good job of making you feel guilt and remorse <laughs> about things that you do. So there's definitely sight or shades of gray in this game where not everything feels 100%. But when I was burning down the houses, I'd burn it. The frame rate would just plummet I know. in a tactical strategy rpg i was like dude come on it was just like chugging at 15 frames for like a minute while everything was burning up and i was like dude this sucks but thankfully when the burning stopped it went away but um yeah trial strategy if you like any strategy rpgs i highly recommend you checking this out i know it can be if you're looking forward to tactics ogre like i am may seem too close or whatever but i think this whole decision making mechanic is what's really setting this apart mm -hmm. from the other ones from what i remember so i really recommend it i don't uh play a lot of jrpgs these days mm -hmm. but if i'm going to commit to one brad triangle strategies at the top of the list for me personally yeah because hubert i you're the anime aspects of rpgs i think real hit and miss real hit and miss for you yeah like yeah. you love persona 
but some of the other ones you really can't get into and i get that this is very much a a more serious story not you know i like that a lot i like the choices consequences yeah Yeah, it's much more like you know politics and what's going out all that that. kind of stuff so yeah i like it uh blood have you do you have any interest in these kind of games um yeah i always have always have interest but i it's always just so hard for me to like dig into yeah them. you know it's like i've started like fire emblem games so many times mm-hmm. and then uh not totally hung through the whole thing so yeah yeah I, and i also um it's a lot easier for me to deal with okay here's your here's your units and go and figure it out mm-hmm. versus like having to actually like okay you've got like 40 of these things and 10 of these and 20 of these and like okay now pick pick 15 i'm like uh <laughs> which mm-hmm. units do i want to have here i don't know mm-hmm. um uh, but yeah you, you recruit units throughout the game like people you know like there's this caravan you have that you can go in between missions or whatever and you can go to merchants there or do mock battles to grind if you want stuff like that but like I recruited this woman who was like uh, at the at the encampment. She joined my party and other people will eventually come. You can recruit, but you have to pick only a few of them. So you can pick who you want, but there's definitely some units you're going to have that are just going to get left on the wayside unless you pick, uh, prioritize them, which is fine. But if you're someone who's like, I need to level everyone up, everyone's got to be the same level. You might have a, a rough time unless you want to grind it out. Oh, um. We had a question about this from we got questions from uh, two Ian's. They just there's two different Ian's for this, which is <laughs> funny. But you'll know who you are, Ian. Whatever Ian this is. Yo, I've been hoping for a PC port of Triangle Strategy. Octopath got one about a year later, but was mm. published by Square Enix. Uh, that was also on Xbox too. Do you expect Triangle Strategy to get a PC port, considering Nintendo published it outside of Japan? I do. I think this is going to come to other consoles next year. I hope. Yeah, so. I mean, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same situation. Mm-hmm. But so I, it, it Octopath did go to Xbox, not PlayStation, though, which is mm-hmm. kind of weird for JRPG not to go to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if this will be in the same realm of that. But I hope it does get a port. I would love more people to play this game. It's a cool game. Uh, this is from the other Ian. Hey, allies. Triangle Strategy has been one of my favorite releases of the year. Why well, do you think the gameplay is fantastic and engaging throughout the scales of conviction sections? This is the part where you do the choices I was talking about of the game where I would look forward to the most. It's so been cool. has been a long time since I had felt that I had to stop and fully consider my choices in an RPG. The scales present difficult choices for you or jo- difficult choices to you in a really unique way and directly affects the battles that follow. Even if you know which decision you want to go with, you often have to convince the other members of your party to agree with you in order to win the vote. There was a particular choice. Oh, this might be a very minor spoiler. So if you're extremely sensitive about this for this game, just a heads up, wait like a minute or skip forward about a minute or two. There was a particular choice uh, toward the end of Triangle Strategy that nearly broke me. By making the choice, I personally felt strong about I had to permanently lose one of my best units. So I guess it does happen mm. of where you're like, Whoa. so intense. This was a shock, not only narratively, but on a gameplay level. However, 
I was so immersed in this story by this point that I didn't consider reloading my save and choosing a different option. When was the last time you felt like your choices in a game, RPG or otherwise, truly changed the outcome of the story? Were you tempted to reload a save if things didn't turn out the way you expected? Love and respect. Hmm. Not recent, but I do always remember anytime I played a Witcher game, I was like, oh boy. I hope I made the right choice here. Right. I hope I feel good with my choice right here. No, yeah, it's a thing. classic where me and Huber ended up with different endings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to say uh, The Outer Worlds has, mm. has some of that going on. It's one of the fun things there is, is messing with those those dialogue trees and, you know, and uh, it, it was it was fun for me to like really like push those persuasion skills up and, and like talk myself out of a final battle or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of those, the first stuff I upgrade in uh, Immersive Sims is like communication and lock picking. <laughs> Let me sneak around and manipulate everybody. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I love games when choices feel like they matter a lot. You know, some yeah. games you make a choice, you're just like, whatever. Yeah. It's not like a huge deal. But it's like, man, if you make a decision and it costs you or serves as a boon, it feels really cool. Life is strange episode yeah. i will not say but uh life or death life or death decision and it's insane yeah you really feel yeah. it you really and you it is up to you mm-hmm. and the choices you make mm-hmm. whether there's life or death um i love too when uh like when those consequences like feed over to like a like a faction's town or whatever right so mm-hmm. like, you know it's like okay you made this choice and like now you don't get just to walk around here anymore <laughs> you know mm-hmm. you don't just get to hang out they see that. you they're going to attack yeah yeah how cool is it in with choices where it's like you ch- you make this choice and you go to a completely different area mm-hmm. or something like that i love when games do stuff like that yeah like witcher 2 right yeah you could choose a uh, roach or yorvith and mm-hmm. that it's like dramatically different. Mm-hmm. Sick. Yeah, triangle strategy has stuff just like that too. So Love it's that. good. Good stuff. All right. Huber. Yo, where's Yorvith? Great question. Where is Yorvith? Blood. <laughs> Where is he? What's your four? What's your four? <laughs> yeah. Uh so Huber, this is time for your favorite segment. Sort it out. Sort it out. Sort it out. <laughs> Let's blood. go. I don't know if you've ever been here on this segment, Blood. I don't think this. I've been on one yet. No. Sort just it a out. fun little thing. No pressure. Don't think too much <laughs> about it. It's just something that you wish the game industry would kind of sort out that's bothering you. Anything, Blood. Could be a game itself, could be a developer, a publisher, anything. Oh, you're saying it's like it's just in general, just anything that pops in my head. <laughs> yeah, just in general. Anything oh, that you're like, man, I, this kind of bugs me. I wish they would kind of just fix this. Hmm. I you mean, know, yeah. I don't know if Last of Us is a good example of this, but sure, I, it could be. You know, like the pixel remasters and all of that. Like, great sorted out blood. Give, give me the original in the package with the remake. You know, That's it's, a great I, example. I really, I really want to. You know, like we're talking about with Mario All Stars. Like, okay, Mario All Stars is is cool for the moment, but sometimes mm-hmm. I I prefer. 
to go back and play this game as it was or to see it it's in context you know especially with like when we're talking about something like this where it's like you know you're you're groundbreaking like you're shifting the bar up you know mm-hmm. and then you just go back and you make it prettier later but it's like well it's not it's not st- it's not really showing off what you accomplished at that time with those resources you know so mm-hmm. uh, especially love it like when uh the games that are able to like swipe over and i'm like i know that's definitely not simple Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah make a dramatically different engine you're not going to be able to do that you're not going to be able to do that with resident evil you know it's like it's a very yeah, different yeah. thing definitely but that'd be crazy why not put the playstation in there resident evil 2 why not include it with Seriously. the new resident evil 2 why not especially when you can't even get that game legally on anything modern you know so you yeah. can't buy it i guess director's cut you could play on playstation <laughs> Plus premium. That's only. my sorted out. Yeah, <laughs> just have one sorted We've done out. This. Yeah, you can have one. Yeah. Still waiting, Sony. Still waiting for some more PlayStation classics. Yeah. Oh right. What? what where are those? Where are they? It's yeah. sorted out. It's Charging so- people double to commit to this service with the promise that they're going to keep releasing mm-hmm. the back catalog and classic games. Where? Where are they? It's been, been it's, it's been, been slow. months, you know? months, dude. We're getting this drip feed, dude. There's mm-hmm. been like one new game in the last couple months. It's unacceptable. Yeah, it's very slow, and I agree. It should be much garbage. Faster. It should not. It, it's honestly not worth the money right now. I do not recommend PlayStation Premium or whatever the hell the highest level is. I well, recommend well, Nintendo it. is a drip feed too, but at least you know you're like you're probably going to get one N64 game every month. It'll, but at least yeah, you know that you're going to get one N64 yeah, yeah. Game every month. Sure, it's yeah. Been... Nintendo, I have a problem with their releasing also. We're just like, here's this game you never heard that no one gives a shit about on yeah. NES. Like, cool, I guess. Whatever. I'll never play this kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I, just, I understand they want to keep you subscribed. So you always got something to look forward to, but you know, it's like you, you could speed it up a little better. You could do better. You and know it, you and could do better. And I've talked about it before. It's because of, uh, you know, I, I'm more emotional and, and invested about it because of the PS2 to PS4 classics mm-hmm. promotion that they did a while back, many like years ago now. Mm-hmm. They were so gung ho on it. We're going to get all these PS2 games on PS4 and it just, Stopped. Done. Probably, yeah. probably to make way for this service, which has also just dried up. I don't think they were considering the newer service at all yeah. during that time. Yeah, that they seems just, way yeah. too early. Sure. sure. But yes, I wish they would commit more to things like there's some good PS2 games on there, but like there should be a lot more, especially like all your first party games should be on there. Everything it should have launched with so many PS1 games, like at least the classics or a handful of like more classics. It, mm-hmm. It's just absurd. The collection is is poor. Yeah. Um, I guess for me this week is just like, yo, why isn't Chrono Trigger out on more things again? Like, why is this still a thing? Why can't mm-hmm. I just play Chrono Trigger on anything that's like a good version? I don't mm-hmm. understand. Like Toei, maybe Toei stuff. I don't know. It's on PC though. Like, <laughs> sort it out, I guess. I don't know. Sort Come it on, out, Chrono. You're doing good sometimes, Square. I appreciate it, but like, you gotta 
Gotta finish well, that, the fight. Yeah, that, I mean that goes back to the thing with some of these releases, right? It's it's like there's so many times with Square Enix, especially where they make these sort of like half step enhancements, but mm-hmm. then so many things are broken. It's like why did why didn't you just put out the ROM of the original? Uh, yeah. If, if you're gonna do this, if you're gonna screw things up that seem so basic. Hey. At least yeah. we didn't get. They gave us not the PAL versions for a lot of these PS1 classic games. That would have been so bad if we got those. Good lord! All right, for this next segment, we just had Gamescom mm. going off, and I got an email from Seaton uh, McLean, and it just kind of sparked an idea in my head and a question. Hey, allies! After watching Gamescom this year, I was left a little underwhelmed. I do think some things did look interesting, like Lies of P, The Gap, and Atlas Fallen. However, I think the length of the show hampered its impact. It felt like the show was stretched out to fill time rather than the time feeling well used. There were some interesting announcements, but they didn't keep the momentum going, and the show fizzled as a result. So what are your thoughts? Do you think that there is an ideal length of show, or do you think that the announcements play a bigger role? So I assume they're just talking about Keeley's. Yeah, it sounds like they're talking about opening night live. Yeah. Instead of the show itself, I guess. I feel like we're in a weird time period Mm -hmm. right now with these things. Like, can you even remember the last time anyone has been like, that was the best press conference ever? It doesn't happen. Everyone is jaded. Every single time one of these Gamescom, Game Awards things goes down, like Mm -hmm. negative feelings. So I think people get hyped about They're too the, hyped. the big when you get like the Sony state of play in September's mm-hmm. and you get like the huge Nintendo directs and stuff like that, whatever Microsoft does for those things, you get a few of those, but there is a lot of shows nowadays. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are just kind of feeling like, what is the point of some of these? And I yeah. agree with some of them because right. <laughs> how, do, how do I word this? We like a lot of games. Mm -hmm. I love all genres pretty much. But you can't say that for everyone out there. You know, everyone has very specific selective tastes. So when you have a two hour show with all the studios, all the whatever, you know, everything. There's going to be a lot of filler for people Mm -hmm. on top of the actual real filler, like cars playing video games and shit. Mm -hmm. So... So I think, yeah, just the nature of it not being for a specific company, like you were saying, Brad, Sony, Nintendo, mm-hmm. uh, it makes it harder to please people, I, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know. Because there's just such a wide variety. That's what I've noticed with these press conferences. Like, we see a wide variety of games. We see big budget, horror action, indie, dating sims. Like, it, it's all of it. And that doesn't do it for a lot of people right so i don't know because a lot of them are like you know smaller not i don't mean this in a bad mood but like smaller tier games yeah yeah no i mean it's that's it's not a a bad thing to put it that way because i think that's the one of the biggest things you know number one like there's still you know really big gaps in terms of like who is attending gamescom Yes. You know, so there's so many companies that just aren't even there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, like you're saying, it's like people, the the moments people are excited about from 
any given E3, those were always a part of Sony, Nintendo, or Microsoft press conference. Right. So now that we have like this kind of like, you know, official show conferences, you know, if those guys aren't joining in, it's it's kind of yeah, it's kind of a weird thing that like yeah. The, yeah. the the biggest players aren't really there. participating. Yeah. Yes, but yes, the because uh, like it, when you when someone sits down to a Sony press conference, you know, you have that like fan bias. You're you're already committed to Sony or Nintendo, you know. Whereas Keeley puts on a show, you have no investment or allegiance you just want to see games you care about so that mentality i think is like different right. and, and like you people know that, are already skeptical yeah but and also you know like a, you know sony or, or microsoft or nintendo like they're you know they're gonna try to get in a resident evil they're gonna try to get in a final fantasy all of that stuff whereas you know it seems like those publishers are like even if they show up to one of these other events, they'd be like, eh, we'll, we'll wait, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we'll do our own thing or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so, yeah. And, and then in like the future game show, which is, you know, separate from opening night live, it just that it's so weird to me because it's like, this is a showcase that exists because E3 took a year off, mm-hmm. but they just keep doing it. And so it's just this weird thing of like, okay, it's, it's kind of like a new way for them to kind of do this sort of show floor coverage they might have done in the past, but to organize it, like front load it. Um, but it still seems like they're they're still just now they're in the situation where like, OK, we're just sort of getting the leftovers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're ending with the weird Neil Blomkamp <laughs> multiverse what battle royale thing and like God, that's your closer that that's the big yeah. thing just... uh and i uh, and the other thing that since these are all pre-packaged pre-loaded stuff there is the there's the lack of excitement that comes from seeing a game actually being played mm-hmm. a big groundbreaking game being played for the first time like you would see you know even when there are issues right you know like you're right dude. even when you're skyward right. sword had issues like you were seeing skyward sword for the first time you know right even, you know like god of war or uncharted and like un- you know uncharted had the trophy after yeah. they how up mu- E3, you know how like- much better is a real human playing a game versus fucking seven nation army trailers of just like <laughs> you know like i'm so tired of the licensed music with these cut trailer like yeah i'd yeah. rather just have somebody play the game that's what i i think so cool about treehouse and stuff like that is just a lot of these people just playing the games and they're just talking about it. But even that's a little bit off balance, right? Because it is, but it's, it's like, like the closest it's so we casual, get. you know? Yeah. It's the closest we get, though, for now. Yeah. yeah. It's I think one ideal. of the best things is like when something starts up and they haven't they haven't even said what it is yet. And yeah. you're just looking at somebody playing this game and you're mm-hmm. trying to like you're trying to guess what, what the heck we're looking at. And Love then all that. of a sudden it's like, holy crap, you know, like the realization yeah. comes on you. 
I think that's just such a big risk for a lot of games. Yeah, they're not yeah. going to do it anymore. Because you got to build that whole thing out, that whole oh, yeah. like, slice you're going to show them. That's a lot of time. And if something goes wrong, you're never, you're never going to hear the end of it for like a long time, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's risky. I understand why they don't do it anymore, but I do yeah. miss it. Um, in terms of Keeley's show, it's just very confusing to me a lot of times. Is like, here's this trailer. Okay, now we're giving awards for Gamescom. Gamescom hasn't started yet, but here's awards for like the best games at Gamescom. Here's a trailer. Here's a car that's clearly an ad. Here's something else you don't care about. It just feels way too stretched out. Yeah, that's all the Gamescom. <laughs> Where I'm just like, man, I wish you could just. That's like, all the Gamescom side of things. This. Yeah. Just cut Which, some I mean, um, one thing Kyle pointed out in his video is like, before Keeley, like they have German politicians go up there and talk about the importance of gaming to the German economy and all of this kind of thing. So it's, like, it's definitely a step up. Yes, it's definitely a pretty big step up. Yeah, and um, but he still has to like, yeah, kind of let the Gamescom organizers do a little bit of what they want to do. Yeah, like I love Jeff Keeley. I love the man. I I respect the hell out of him and what he's doing. I just wish sometimes sometimes I just feel like you know, eh, could do better. But he, he, seems, he seems receptive to feedback, which I really appreciate. And he's always like, what did you think of this? What, what, yeah. what, what can we do better? So, yeah, especially with people that are on the ground, you know, like, yeah, you know, he, he was asking me questions yeah. when I was at Summer Game Fest, you know. So. And also, like we said earlier, depending on what he gets that he's able to show will like help the show a lot. Like if he got like if, it, if Microsoft is like, yo. We're going to give you Fable gameplay or whatever. The first time Fable gameplay. Something like huge like that. People have been way more into it, but it's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm sure he would love I mean, to show I, more. I, I think, you know, Callista Protocol is one of those things. Yeah. I think know, this is cool, but like we saw it pretty recently also. So it doesn't feel, it didn't feel as special. Sure. Yeah, he, he, is, he definitely double dipped on that this summer. He has great ambition and he always tries to connect it to the greater world bigger than video games. He tries mm-hmm. to make it bigger than video games, which gamers do not appreciate. We don't want Hollywood in there. We don't want sports people coming out. We don't want like advertisements for cars. Like we only care about the games. That's why we're there. Video mm-hmm. games. But anytime Keeley's involved, there's got to be some Hollywood handshakes and and some other like ESPN handshakes or something, mm-hmm. something bigger now, to to get it out there and exp- and make the the industry bigger though, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Like, I don't enjoy maybe necessarily watching the entire show and and seeing that stuff because I'm there just for the games. But on the flip side, like, it's good for the industry. I think Hollywood handshakes can land sometimes. Mm-hmm. Very specific examples. One is the whoever's there has to be actually into the game and know what they're talking about. Yeah. And they got to be charismatic. And I always think of Keanu with cyberpunk. Yeah. Like yeah. what a, what a way to use a Hollywood yeah. celebrity that yeah. made a huge splash. But he's like in the game, Brad. I mean, exactly. like, that's, what I'm, saying. Yeah, yeah. that's like, what I'm saying. Like these Someone celebs like, show attached up. Attached to this game. You yeah. know, I don't want, what was it? Snoop Dogg and Zac Efron talking yeah. about battlefield or something <laughs> like Zac Efron. Jamie like, Fox. Or whatever they look, Jack Zach Efron looks stoned or something like that. Like, yeah, I'm jazz. Like, it's weird, you know what I mean? But totally. sometimes it can be sick. Hundred percent. But hopefully we'll see what Keeley does. 
keeps evolving. We'll see what it, the game awards are like this year. Give Vin Diesel out there with a dino. I will say this for the game awards. Please give every award the same, like some amount of time. Don't just right. announce it like on the side and treat it like it's not like a, a lesser award or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, like I know you got stuff you got to do, Keith, but man, treat these reward or awards with respect. All of them. Right. Game award, game awards bum me out because I love award shows. I'm all about it, mm-hmm. and like people hate it. But it's like that's the show. It's the game awards. We're well, awarding games. It's and like, not just all, that, though. It's not just that. All the other things, though, are are built around that, and everyone is like. Get to the games, get to the games. It's like, yo, we're watching the game awards. Like mm-hmm. the trailers and the premieres will come, but there are also awards. It is an award show. Yeah, but it's also like, here's this 10 cent ad for the third time order about some game like that. Uh-huh. Just like, who gives sure. a shit about this? I mean, it's it's the internet, so you have it's to have like ads. To do, There's no commercials. I will say it's trying to do too much. If it's trying to be the Oscars, right. you can't yeah. be all that also. Totally. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think too, where it's like, it's yeah, like when he's trying to cover everything and he's like yeah. trying to award like esports teams and stuff, and it's just like it's such a different that thing. Is, yeah, such a reach to like try to deal with like yeah, that's true the competitive scene as well as awarding the people that make the games. Like it's just it's just a it's a different it's a different world. Totally. Uh, yeah. And I, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that's the thing across all of these. Like I actually felt like this Gamescom opening night live was fine mm-hmm. you know like i didn't have like i wasn't bored out of my mind or anything there's some things where i'm like i don't know like dead island too which i guess i have a hard time caring about mm-hmm. but Dude, um, sick. <laughs> but the uh but i think that it seems like it's really hard to take a less is more approach you know it's like what do we not need in here you know mm-hmm. like so like what's going to have actually an impact you know it's like yeah okay sonic's a big thing is this trailer really moving the needle i don't know like mm-hmm. but then you compare it to you know like moving out too it's like okay what you know like i yeah. don't know if this is this is necessarily something that's going to show off its best side in a big hype presentation yeah i wonder if I think about if I wasn't working in the games industry, if I would just look at everything after the show's over, you know, when everything's just there and I can just look at it all. And right. if I wouldn't, cause I would just be like, here's everything that I actually care about just laid out. And I could just pick and choose what I want and not having to sit through the show exact all the way. God, I love sitting through these shows. Some people do. There's you so do. much criticism out there. It's so insane. To I me. think it's like- some of them are very boring. So I, I guess because I, I get to get spend it. I guess I guess because I get to just spend time with you and celebrate like new video games, even if there's not even if it's not a guarantee that there's like new great video games, there's still the the hope and the possibility. Like mm-hmm. literally one of my favorite things of all time is sitting in a room watching any press conference mm. with you fine folk. Mm. I don't I understand. That. Like like it's so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. People are just impatient, dude. Oh, I'm not impatient about it. I just think it's boring and a waste of time. A lot of times when I feel like you're just wasting my time. Yeah. It's cool to sit with my friends and talk about games. When you do it so much, so often, there have been a lot in the COVID era. You lose a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel as special. I'm like, well, here's 
this is business as usual. This doesn't well, that's what I'm saying. Special. Yeah, with like sure, sure, sure. Future game show and collective and wholesome and just like yeah, that's there's so many yeah. of the these smaller like people trying to fill in the gaps and like, hey, there's not really a gap here now. Like <laughs> for sure, like everybody's filling the gaps, so mm-hmm. there's no longer a gap. And then like, then wholesome like tr- like just dumping so many games with like so little time that you. You know, like a, you don't even get a feel for what this game is like before they move on to the next game, and then b, they've got so many games that you start seeing like all of these games that are similar to each other. Yes, yes. And then it's just like, okay, well, which which one do I should I care about? And, and right. as a result, I don't care about any of these farming town builder games. Yeah. And I know Metal Hell Singer is sick, but like right. I've seen it in seven <laughs> shows. Yeah. So like there's that for yeah. sure. Do you guys do you guys think next year there will be fewer press conferences if if E3 does actually come back and we have Keeley? Do you think there will be fewer and it'll be more consolidated? I don't think so for now. I think it's going to be still a lot for now. Until yeah. unless like people feel really burned next year, like really worn out, then maybe after that, but next year I don't think so. Like I think the future game show will still happen. There'll probably be two of them probably still close to each other, even if the yeah, E3 right. floor is open. You know, I had a weird thought. It's like, I get so hyped for these. Like, it reminds me of being a little kid waiting for a magazine to come in the mail. Mm. That is what it was. That is how I discovered games. That is what it is like now when a press conference happens. It's like, sit down, watch a conference. All right, what are you going to show us? Mm. What's in the magazine? I like that. That's a nice way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody. Isla here. I'm editing this. They forgot to do the shoutouts, so here we are. I'm gonna do the shoutouts on our Patreon. Uh, one of the high tiers is shoutouts, so we shout out these special people: Jabba Wobs, Al Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight, Kettering, Caleb, Toby Crawford, Anna Croft, and that's it. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Cool. I think we've talked enough about Gamescom. Let's move on to our next game, which Bloodworth, you've also, this is another Bloodworth game, uh, Frog Gun. Is that how you say it? Frog Gun? Yeah, Frog Gun. Um, Blood is playing Frog Gun? Yeah. <laughs> what? So this is a, it's a 3D platformer. It looks like a PS1 game. Actually, like the art <laughs> style, the vibe mm-hmm. kind of has some like Mega Man Legends vibes, although it doesn't really play like that I at can all, see but, that, Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, so you have this little, like, it's a frog shaped gun, basically, but it can also talk <laughs> and it shoots its tongue out. Uh, and that's one of the main ways that you, you interact because you basically just like jump and tongue mm-hmm. and then you can like, kinda, like stop and aim, uh, more precisely. Um, and you play as this, uh, this little girl who, She's like part of this archaeologist family and her parents went off without her and they haven't come back yet. Whoa. So you go off following their trail to try to find them. Heavy. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's re- it really looks, it, it does a lot to try to look like a, like a PS1 game. Um, the level designs are very like blocks, <laughs> blocks in air kind of mm-hmm. levels. Um, and, uh, and there are uh, filters uh, that you can choose like to do a bunch of different like crt filters or oh. arcade with like the kind of like um 
the distortion effect of like a round screen or whatever. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's kind of, the, the levels aren't too long, um, but it's kind of interesting cause they'll like with your, with your frog gun, with the, the tongue, like you can grab enemies and like shoot them back at things sort of like, like Kirby with the stars, or, um, you can use it to cross gaps, like a grappling hook, or you can use it to like pull out switches or like pull out blocks that kind of shift in the wall and then go back in. Um, and so, yeah, it's really like, it's about going through the level and, um, and just go like, yeah, just going from one level to the next. And there's like a little map screen. Uh, but each level also has like these kind of, uh, like bonus objectives, like mm-hmm. getting all the coins or like getting through without any deaths or, um, there's even like called speed run times to beat. Ooh. So like, you know, okay, you've gone through one round and like go back and, and just try to get through it as fast as you can. Like I think the first one was like 45 seconds or something like that. To get through that level. Um, and it's fun, mm-hmm. but it's also can be kind of frustrating. Um, particularly like with the, the camera angles and, and the movement, it's almost like, it's almost like there's too much freedom. <laughs> like you know it's like because okay. it's like you've got like whatever like full range of motion mm-hmm. to where i feel like it almost like and maybe they've experimented with this and it didn't work but i almost feel like it would be better if like you were just stuck to like eight specific angles uh, oh sure you know or or like very specific camera angles because it's kind of like you know that's sort of like that frustration you have in like mario sunshine where you're trying to you know, do this 3D platforming, but you're constantly having to manage the camera at the same time. Yeah, and sure. It, there's a lot of that going on. Where it's like, okay, the, I, let me see exactly like where I'm jumping, and you know, and then it's like I get up here, it's like, okay, now I got to turn the camera around the other way and see in that direction. Right. And so there's nothing to where like the camera's not like smartly following you or anything like that. It's just like the camera is wherever it is. Hmm. Um and similarly the um um just like almost the entire game feels like it's it's on like bottomless pits so it's so easy to just fall off and die by accident somewhere and then when you come back when you respawn it's like there are only like these very specific checkpoint flags within a level and so if you haven't hit a checkpoint flag then everything that you've done from the last checkpoint, you have to redo. Like you have to pick oh. up every single coin oh, all God. over okay. again and that Ooh. kind of thing. So how's the like the distance between these checkpoints? Do they feel too long? There's only like a couple per level, you know, and, and mm-hmm. so but it's like even if it's not that long, it's just that, you know, it's so easy to just fall off and like yeah. miss a jump or whatever. I guess if you're collecting these things again, blood, does it feel like it sounds like to me, it's from how you described it, it sounds like a hassle almost doing these kind of things again. It's not mm-hmm. like fun doing this, whatever challenge to get to these collectibles again. You're just kind of like, all right, let's just move it along yeah. kind of thing. Well, and sometimes like certain jumps will be like kind of tricky with the timing. There's like there's one where like you're like jumping on, you're bouncing on these blue mushrooms and there's kind of like this, you know, kind of optional side area over to the side. Mm-hmm. And so you have to bounce and then um and then grapple over to the other side while you're falling and it's just so like there's just such a specific timing to get that 
and it's like there's a, a, kind of a delay before you can grapple again so it's like if you miss <laughs> that grapple then you're dead and like okay well try again mm-hmm. you know um, okay and so uh, but they have like a lot of little side areas um and puzzles to figure out there's some there's some levels where like you come up with a guy that's like he's got like a he's like instead of a frog gun he has like a snake gun and oh. he wants he wants to race you he's like i'll race you to get to the treasure and she's like i'm i'm not looking for the treasure i'm just trying to find my parents mm-hmm. and he's like all right race three two one go <laughs> yeah yeah so it's really funny uh but it, yeah it's it's interesting because it's there's so many times where i was sort of like i felt like all right i'm frustrated i'm done with this but then i like pop open the next level and I'm like oh this this level looks kind of cool like this swamp oh. looks different or like oh i'm like up in like the snow and the mountains and there's like these kind of like uh dung beetles rolling snowballs and stuff which mm-hmm. is, like it's not a new idea but it's yeah i don't know it, it's like there's enough of an appeal there to like keep me going despite the little frustrations that it might have uh, yeah and, and it's like it's a cheap game too like i got it for 12 dollars, which i think oh. they had like a sale for like the first week and now it's like 15 Dude, but love yeah. sales when they first come out it's so nice <laughs> love that it's like uh when you buy a game on sometimes the playstation if you're a plus member you'll get a discount or something yeah. like that. just like i love stuff like that like love steam that. and all that good stuff a couple bucks you know yeah, a couple bucks save some money uh blood do you know how long this game is um i don't know for sure um they like i said they do have all those incentives in there to replay mm-hmm. um but i put about three three and a half hours in so far mm-hmm. um, i'm not sh- like i haven't seen how long anything to says four and a half hours oh yeah okay so not that far off it's not that bad yeah completionist you- though look at this look at this gap main story four and a half completionist 17 and a half wow i wonder what what's making the difference too? there necessary Jeez. <laughs> seriously wild huh. Now, very important question for you, Bloodworth, right here. Okay, do you think Damiani would like this game? Oh, he would. He, I don't know whether or not he would like it, but he would definitely yell a lot. <laughs> he would definitely be cursing at the camera and the hit detection and all. Okay. The, all okay. the Damianiisms <laughs> would yeah. come out. Yeah, isn't that funny? Watching Damiani play something and just looks so frustrated and just like looks like he's hating it. Like I watched some him play some of Eldering before. And I was like, oh, man, he hates this game. Then he just, like, loves it. He beat it, like, four times. Be- right, yeah, right. dude. It's so, it's, uh, that's what blows my mind, Brad. He's, like, pissed and frustrated. But he's like, oh, I beat it, like, four times. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's okay. the best. Okay. Okay. Uh, but- it's interesting, though, that you brought up the four and a <laughs> half. That. Because now I'm like, uh, yeah, maybe I'll go back and try to finish it. Because it, it's probably going to be, like, six for me, okay. you know? Yeah. But just uh, check that off on your list. Doesn't seem like what? it's that far. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, this the, next... the second boss is like a like an ant that does like jazzercise or something. It's kind of oh <laughs> weird. That sounds cool actually. Ants freak me out. Uh, this next game, I wanted I wanted to save this, but every time I've had it, I wanted to talk about this game. Don has been gone. Okay, right. We're talking just a little bit about Waves Race sixty four, just a little bit. Oh yeah, and Blood. I know no, you've yeah, been, been playing, playing some of it, and mm-hmm. I played a little bit of it too. Do not fret. When Don is back, I will make him talk about this game a little. So don't fret. Blood, tell me a little about like Weight Race 64. How how's it been treating you? You've been playing more than I thought you have been. Yeah, well, I yeah, uh I, I you know, Don's the one that got me hooked into it. Um, yeah. for sure. Cause he was streaming, he restarted his streams. If you're not aware, 
he does Don versus Wave Race. He's Great trying stream. to like improve his times, set new record times, and all that. Uh, on expert mode, which is the 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 mode we have to be to get through all of the courses. So it's like mm-hmm. he goes through the whole. He's not just doing the time trial mode. He's actually going through, you know, the uh, the main um, tournament mode or whatever yeah. you, you want to call it. Um, and yeah, so he was he was playing, and I was watching, and then like, oh, let me download this, and you know start start playing too and start playing with it because i've got the n64 switch controller mm-hmm. um and then yeah and then i played against don for a few rounds yeah you um, shook him blood he had <laughs> bad mental damage he beat me four to two but he was still yeah, yeah he's still throwing a fit but uh and then yeah and then i you know the the next day saturday whatever I, i'm you know i finished going through all of the the main events it did like the normal and uh expert and the mirror mode and mm-hmm. got through the whole thing and then uh yeah and then the next week don played again and did similar kind of thing where like came in and challenged him and you know it's kind of like looking for new spots where you know he might be able to shave off some time or whatever because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's what's interesting to me is like don is like finding places where he could skip certain buoys like which ones you know which ones are good can yeah. you go by and 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 not fail the race and actually cut yeah. off a bit of time. Uh, so that was interesting because I don't think I've ever really approached it that way before. I was always just like hit everything and just beat the other mm-hmm. racers. But. but what I like about the buoys is if you hit buoys, your top speed goes up or whatever. But if you yeah. miss them, it drops. So it gives you, I don't know if it's enough to matter all the time, but I do it, like some You incentive. definitely feel it. Okay. That's one of like, the things I was saying because. Nail those. Cause there was one spot where Don was like, I'm skipping this buoy. And I'm like, Don, there's it's too, you're going too long without max power. You, you, yeah, you got to hit that one. Um, whereas there's another one where it's like, okay, there's enough buoys right after it to where you can get your speed back up relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was one of the things we're like watching him and then thinking about how these course layouts are, uh, which makes me, makes me think about them. Yeah. I hadn't. Uh, I think about this game with, it's really weird for me to nail down, but I think it's just like a an excellent mix of visual design, the way everything looks, and the soundtrack works so well together. It just creates yeah. this like magic feeling game. I can't really describe it. And you, and you add in the the jet ski racing that still feels pretty unique and great, actually. Like racing still feels good yeah. all these years later. It blows my mind that yeah. like you know we obviously all grew up with N sixty four. And like, I, Wave Race was one of the earliest games my brother and I had. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the, one of the early ones, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. It was. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty early. Um, and it's really interesting to sit here in 2022, almost 2023, and think about how Wave Race has really stood the test of time. You know, in 64 mm-hmm. games, sometimes I feel don't. like have have aged. Right. They age differently than the rest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And Wave Race still to this day is just a super fun game to play. Yeah, it is. It just feels good still. Yeah. yeah. And well, it's, like, it's 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 wild too to think of that, like what there's like I think seven courses. Yeah, it's not a lot. Yeah, you know, and and you run through you can run through that whole thing. Like it, you know, like I said, like I it's a couple of hours before yeah. I like did everything there is to do in that game other than stunt mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, stunt mode. 
Yeah, I would love for Nintendo to revisit that franchise. They will. And give it a bunch of tracks, you know? Like, there's not a lot. And Blue Storm, I don't remember how many Blue Storm added. But, like, adding some, like, longer... There's that Castle one in there, for sure. Yeah, more longevity into Wave Race or something, you know? Just to keep it going for a little bit longer. Like, I'm thinking of online racing now, like how you and Don did, like, on a modern Wave Race. It'd be so cool. I want yeah. I want Diddy Kong Racing so bad, but I know it's just Mario Kart. You know, I know yeah. it. Like Mario Kart is just too big, mm. too much money. Diddy Kong, I feel like would would couldn't happen. Dude, is Diddy now. Kong in Mario Kart? I don't think so. Do you think so? What? Well, yeah, what? <laughs> the disrespect, Brad. <laughs> what the heck? But like yeah. F Zero, F Zero, and Wave Race have a like they're coming. They are coming one day. <laughs> Uh, but Diddy Kong Racing, I don't believe. F Zero is more likely. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think Diddy Kong's coming back. Uh, but <laughs> I think that what's crazy to me about Wave Race is, like, it's really just like the thinking through of like the physics of the water is everything. Yes. And the control on that water is everything. And huh. and there's so been this like like I know like there's so many games that people love like. Jet Moto and mm-hmm. Hydro Thunder and all these like kind of boat racing games. Riptide, Riptide yeah. GP. Riptide is probably one of the closer ones to like Love those approximate games. what Wave Race does. Mm-hmm. But it's it's crazy to me how much that they've put into like no like the physics of the waves have to affect everything, right? And like when you get up on the crest of the wave and you're riding that wave. And when you go a lap and like the tide goes out and now it's like, okay, you've got to go around the beach or, mm-hmm. you know, on the Southern Island. Like when you have that like risk reward moment where it's like, okay, on the first lap, you can dive under that, that pier, but you, you've got to get that jump and that dive, right. Or yep. you're going to get knocked off. Whereas the next lap, it was like, you just go under there. Yeah. You know? That is but cool. The ramp by the boat, it's going to be harder because now, you've got less water to hit that ramp with Mm -hmm. and just like all of these things working together and the controls being so good and just like you know like even like that angle of like digging in to get a tighter turn Mm -hmm. um yeah that i think that's the thing it was like no matter how it looks it controls just as well as it does a modern version of this game would control probably yeah uh we had a question from jg I've been playing Wave Race 64 and it occurred to me that I can't think of any games that has better jet skiing. Do you have any other examples of games that you think are simply the best at what they do? Haven't been surpassed or that haven't been surpassed in a certain way. So, I mean, I agree with him that the jet skiing is fantastic. I can't think of a game that has better jet skiing, honestly, than Wave Race games off the top of my head. Like, how many games do you do that in? It's like not many. Yeah. Well, I know there's probably yeah, there's jet skis and like other like open world games and boats and stuff. Yeah, like but that. it's like main feels good as wave race. Like Star Cry, you might have a jet ski. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, but it's not as sick. Resident Evil Four and Uncharted One. Yeah. Uncharted One. Do you ride the jet ski? You do. Yeah. Because you, you got a like, on the back. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Um. In terms of the other part of the question. Term uh, games that we think are simply the best what they do. I mean, Mario Kart. It's like no one. I mean, people like Crash Team Racing. Don't get me sure. wrong, but Mario Kart is like, yo, 
whole like premier league kind of thing <laughs> yeah premier league nice yeah and yeah, like, that's, a, that's a hard point blank question i guess off the top of my head like platform fighters smash probably the best still like mm-hmm. i know people like multiverses but i don't think it's as good as smash from what i played in terms of console portal Oh, a no one's ever touched yeah. Portal. No yeah, one's that's touched true. it. No one's tried it. Well, I guess people have tried it. No, kind people of. have done a lot of Portal-like yeah, things. Yeah, yeah people yeah. have. But like nothing even close to Portal 1 and Portal 2. Yeah, Valve, baby. Yeah. Pretty good at that stuff. Yeah. Pretty good at video games. <laughs> pretty good. They're pretty good. All right. For our last game, this is also Bloodworth. Bloodworth carrying the show. Hell yeah. Curious. <laughs> curious uh, to the promised land. <laughs> Blood, you've been playing RPG time. Tell me about this. RPG yeah, time. I want to play more of it. I was hoping to play more before I got here. Um, this game is a trip. Um, this Who game, heard it's, of this? It's, it's precious. It's unlike precious. anything I've really played before, even though like at first glance you might think that like oh this is like a tearaway or a paper mario or something but it's like it's really really different and so you have to imagine like playing with a kid who is like the most imaginative dungeon master ever Mm -hmm. and has like crafted things for every scenario yeah Um, and and so like you have well like when you do this tutorial dungeon like it's this cardboard box that flips out and that's the other thing too is like there's a lot of games that have like crafting aesthetics or whatever but this game is like no it's like you're clearly playing as somebody who is in a classroom with this kid talking to you mm-hmm. and telling you everything and it's like and he sets out like this like you know this um stat counter that's like made out of beads you know, he puts it over there to the side of of the main play area and like he pulls out a tape measure and he's like, OK, this is your HP, you know, and when your HP goes down, the tape measure goes in That's a cool. little bit. Um, and then they had like this first tutorial dungeon. It's like it's a cardboard. It's this thing that's made out of cardboard. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's got these like panels that fold out and it's like, OK, over here is like the world map section and over here is the introduction to your characters. And, and as you do each one of these little things you know this is sort of the introduction like he'll he like gives you like a rock and it looks like a real rock placed down there and then you put it on like this arcade button that lights up a thing and then once you pushed all the arcade buttons then a thing in the center opens up and that's your your sword which is like a pencil with a hilt on it like it just and it's just so wild and then once you actually get into the game sounds cool you're mm-hmm. playing on a notebook where he's Dude. drawn out the levels and yeah. And you, you're like moving the character around who's just like this little pencil sketch guy. But then you start going to the right towards his treasure chest and he's like, oh no. And he like erases the path. And then he's like, oh, you know, the, the path caved away. Like now, you know, like you, you need to build a ladder and go around. It's like, do you want a cool ladder? Or do you want a cute ladder? And like, it's like a, a cute <laughs> ladder. And it like puts like a pile of stuffed animals for you to climb up. That's funny. And then you can also like doodle in the pages and things like that. And they have like these little, there's so many like little details in the drawings. Uh, and he's got like these hidden like mini ninjas um, for you that you can like optionally find and kind of collect. Um, and, Shout out and to mini bottom, ninjas. That was a cool game. <laughs> and and like if you found one then he'll like you know circle in the bubble um and then um 
and then you get into the next area and like instead of a um yeah instead of like just like a normal like uh uh like menu based turn based thing like you're fighting this flame thing and then like to slash you're like actually moving the analog stick mm. to, to like slash and so like i you know i was like all right i slashed over this bucket to try to put them out and it's like oh no the bucket's empty but then there's like a bottle of soda and like slashed over the bottle of soda and, and then you know and and so that's, that's so i think it might work a little bit better in the mouse i'm playing on a switch uh, but e- even with the analog stick it feels pretty good mm-hmm. uh, and then i start like there's this other screen where like i'm digging things up and I dig up this shoe and then he like actually like throws a real shoe on the notebook <laughs> and you turn it over and it's got like a, a ripped post-it note with like half of a hint. And then you dig up the other shoe and you get the other half of the hint and you put it together and, and it just, and it's like one of these things where like, it just escalates and changes the rules and you like fight this big zombie thing. And it's like, you can either like dig out these bombs that are in its mouth when it like bites you to like damage it or you can dig out its cavities and if you dig out its cavities then it's like oh thanks and like it becomes friendly um and then you go to the next room and like you're you're fighting um this mole but the fight is actually like a baseball game and so you've got to hit the baseballs back and then after you hit a few of the moles like oh this isn't working so like the mole brings out a tank (laughs) and shoots baseball yeah damn I was just like, and it, it's just like one of these things, but it's like playing with a kid who has all of this, you know, stuff and all the props for any scenario, but then he's making up the rules as he goes along. He's like, oh, let me, let me, uh, and uh, like certain parts of the c- certain pages on the notebook will have like post-it notes over them. And then he'll like pull a post-it note off to reveal what's behind it. <laughs> and it just, and I'm just like an hour and a half, maybe two hours, Damn. like. It it just seems so fun and creative. Yeah, and it seems relentless with just weird ideas. I watched yeah. the trailer of this. Looks Pure really creativity. Yeah, it looks really cool. How old is it? Uh, it came out on like PC and maybe something else earlier this year, and it just now came out on Switch and I think some other consoles. Nice. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's it's neat. Um, I want to keep going with it. The only thing is a little weird is that like there is a lot of like. At, at least for the beginning, there's a lot of stopping and talking, mm-hmm. uh, which sort of makes sense because it's like, again, it's like being there with the kid and he's walking you through everything. Uh, he's the DM, but it's like, okay, let me, let me play a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's exactly going to be that kind of game. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not exactly sure where it will go next. That's part of the fun of it. Is like, yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, it looks awesome to me. I'm curious about this game. I would like to check it out. To me, it's like a game I wouldn't play for the gameplay, I guess. You know, I'm not expecting anything too f- spectacular, but it's just like this idea, like how you were saying, of like, you don't know what this game's going to throw at you. What insane thing are you going to play baseball with a, what was a mole in a tank? It's like, with a, just like a bunch of weird, fun ideas. Yeah. All right. It is time for some emails. This yeah, this one is from um, Bam five four one. Hey allies, hope you're all doing good. What old, not so well known games do you think will be more, or would be, or will be more successful slash popular had they were were released had they been released on part of 
subscription services like Game Pass or PS Plus. I remember Josh Sawyer, director of Obsidian Entertainment, saying that Pentiment wouldn't exist without them getting bought mm. by Microsoft. And one possible reason of that is the small niche game like this would only be played by be played by a small number of people. And so it makes sense on Game Pass. This makes me think uh, think that surely many smaller, more experimental games of the past would have gotten much more exposure had they been released in an era of subscription services. My personal example, this would be Tokyo Jungle. I never mm. played it myself, but it looks quite interesting. And I know that I would jump on a game like that immediately if it's on subscription service. Love and respect. Keep up the good work. Um, one that pops to my head that I just wish more people played that was smaller is Puppeteer. Like that was a cheaper game when it came out. And I feel like it would have just gotten a lot more love if it was on a subscription service. Play Doctor yeah. Zu, bro. That game's sick. Yeah. <laughs> Rep, recent, rest in peace. Uh, PlayStation Japan, Studio Japan. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because I'm thinking of like like weird little Nintendo games and stuff that have come out. Like one of them was like the on the DS. They had like the Art Academy games. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and that always seemed like a neat thing. But like a lot of that stuff is actually done fairly well because yeah. they know they know the budget and they you know they they know you know they're they're not like huge projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah it's it, like it's wild to me because I like Picross right like I'll, I you know it's something that I like to pick up when I'm like on a plane or whatever because it's it's pretty simple it doesn't require a lot of like precise motion or anything you just kind of like work your brain out. Um, but then if you like look at the eShop on like, you know, the, the 3DS and the, the Switch and all of that, like it's like, man, they just like keep putting out Picross puzzles. <laughs> yeah. Like I, there are a lot of people just like picking these picking these things up that I, I really wouldn't have even mm-hmm. realized, you know, whereas for me, like I might grab one and like, cool, I you know, that's all I need for now. I don't need like an endless amount of puzzles. Yeah. Hubert, you got anything? I got nothing. Okay. It is always interesting to see what games kind of get some attention or don't by being on a subscription service. Like, God, I'm hoping in the future, Huber, that Ghostwire Tokyo gets more attention (laughs) when it's on Game Pass in the future. I wonder if Stray would have been as big. I think Stray had people People interested. They love love cats. cats. However, I think that was like a nice thing, you know? Because Stray was like a a $30 game, I think. Yeah. Wait, that was on a subscription? Yeah, if you had the mid-tier at least on PS Plus, you could get it. So, I mean, that's how I have it. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I mean... I think uh, Pentiment is like a really interesting example and it's cool like idea that's like, yeah, this makes more sense for this model because honestly, I don't know how many people would buy Pentiment. Yeah. If, yeah. Or if it, I mean, it's it has Obsidian attached to it, so which probably gives it a little more cachet. But yeah, I don't really know. What's the game I'm super hyped on with the action figures coming out? Oh, I or don't you know. Paint them. You paint them. Or... No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Oh, uh, Moonbreaker. Moonbreaker. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, 
Is that going to be on Game Pass or anything? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But because that point. game feels like it's super niche, or you know, going to be like that mm-hmm. as well, where it's a very specific target audience. You know, this game has gotten a lot of attention recently, for good reason, I'd say. And I, but it's going to be on Game Pass, which will make it a probably bigger deal, anyways. Is Lies of P, where I'm like, you know, some people might be interested in this game. I don't know how many would shell out to buy right. it we have no idea how much it's gonna cost but like on game pass man people are just like damn i'm in easy in right there it's hard because i feel like a lot of these things that like i might go to is like well they actually kind of already are like the ones that mm-hmm. that might not be or just because it's like you know maybe something that nintendo's made or because like i was thinking like rock of ages but i'm like i think rock of ages might be on game pass yeah 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 it is interesting you know, Huber, I know you don't like this company right now, but I hope they make something very small that would fit this model. And that's Blizzard. I would like to see what they would do. Just like very, it's very small and see yeah. what kind of ideas they would have. Seriously. But uh, maybe we'll get that in the future now that they are owned by Microsoft. Yeah. New All era. Right. Yeah, new era. That's for sure. Well, they're not owned technically yet, but they probably will be. Yeah. Uh, this next question is from uh, Wally Ollie. I wish Don Manny was here for this one. Hey, allies. First time writing into Frame Trap. I just finished Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers up to Endwalker and has oh, easily man. become one of my favorite stories ever along with fourteen as a whole. For me, the ingredients to fantasy story and great characters are high quality writing, nuance, interesting exploration of themes, and compelling world and how the story is told. My question is, what is your favorite video game story and what are the qualities that make the story or any story great to you? Huber, I'm going to go to you first because like, you love narratives and games. I, narrative. I have too many. Now you have too many. Too many. I'll just throw many. one your way. I'll just throw sure. one your way. The Last of Us. The Last of Us, of course. And Resident mm-hmm. Evil. Yeah. Like it, like it, it grinds my gears when people disregard the resident evil narrative you, you know? know like I, oh it's just in the background like i, I yes. fucking love that entire story all the lore all the little details happening in the game outside of the game before the game i like all of it i am obsessed and i love it now tuber i want to come from this an angle that i could relate to also because i think it shares some qualities not nearly as same but I understand why people skip over it is is me with Kingdom Hearts. And yeah, I love yeah. Kingdom Hearts, but it is yeah. it's a lot to take in, a yeah. lot to keep track of. And I totally get why people are just like, what's happening? Because I often think what's happening kind of thing. Yeah. But with Resident Evil, I think the story is hit or miss sometimes. I love the story of those games, but sometimes they're not the strongest point. I appreciate it's what they're got doing sometimes. 10 like, out of 10 lore. Yeah. Great way to describe 10 out of 10 lore. Then I think of Resident Evil Zero, and like, hey, you you win you win a lot, you lose some. Exactly, <laughs> you win, you lose some. Now, Blood, I guess you loved the Witcher series. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. I think that's Witcher the easy three. easier go to for me. Yeah. Well, you also Just... are fond of Final Fantasy VI. Are you really into that story for six? Um, I mean, for what it did at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. You yeah, because I I think, you know, it was one of the first games where you really like dug into like a big party with all of these kind of backstories and things like that. Mm-hmm. I just remember getting into 
to Locke's backstory and all the stuff with the Phoenix and all. And just, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and everything that, that was going on in that game. And like each one of these different characters had their own individual story. So that by the time you got to the end, you got to finale and they like recaps, you know, and they highlighted each person is like, yeah, like I've, you know, we went through something together with this person. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then, yeah, with, with Witcher, it's just, there's just so much subtlety and, and everything between those relationships with those main characters and so much going on, you know, in the world for them to, to navigate yeah. as well. Um, you know, maybe some things towards the end got a little weird, but, um, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they, they built up some really, some really big moments and some really meaningful conversations. Yeah. Okay. Like 50 more, but. Oh, just name a on. couple. No, just, just move on. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. This next one is from Anthony. With the rebirth of Tactics Ogre Reborn, a lot of people are saying that this is the starting point that will lead to Final Fantasy Tactics Remake also. Me. I've been saying that. <laughs> what do you hope uh, of the... What do you hope the remake of that will look like? Do you want it to be HD 2D like a lot of the new pixel games are being made into like Triangle Strategy or maybe a more ambitious upgrade and have graphics like the Dio Field Chronicle Chronicles? Are there any no, modern... Chronicle, there's only one. I've been oh, looking they wrote, at that. Okay, they wrote Dio Field Chronicles. Okay. Blood correction. <laughs> are there gotcha. many... Are there any modern changes you would have in your wish list for the game? Mine would be online play. I would love to create a team and have a go to head to head against other play people online. Maybe even a co-op and team up with friends to fight some challenging floor dungeons and try to progress each stage of the difficulty getting higher and higher. I think it's a cool idea is adding online like multiplayer and co-op. I would really love if there was a balance change in some way for that game. Because you can can break that game. You can break that game. Yeah, in some ways. Which is cool. I think there's some fun in that. But I, ideally, I'd wish there'd be the original and a newer version, like a new balance patch along with it. So you could yeah. do both. Yeah. As long as they release the original, do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if Pharmacy Tactics needs something huge, huge in a department overhaul visually. Like, I don't know if you need to, like, completely like, 3D... Right. engine kind of thing you know i don't even War of the lines already did some of that right kind of yeah it looks a little better i i imagine it's just gonna be that when it comes out it's just gonna be a version like that pretty kind of like what we're getting with tactics ogre it'll yeah. be along those lines i assume i don't think they're gonna do anything crazy for it but that'd be sick i would i'm not opposed to square Enix trying new things with these ips but if they want to do something crazy that's fine with me but i would hope that i would be able to play the the original version or whatever, the War of the Lions versions also, so I can have both. Like with Final Fantasy VII, I can have both versions. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to see if there's any other question here that I missed. But yeah, I think the co-op would be really fun. Like, imagine Hebrew of you and me, we did co-op and I so together, sick. like going up floors. Be so awesome. Maybe throwing like some, a roguelite element into it. Yeah. Something like that. Bring your troops in and they can you can actually like lose them. Yeah, you could lose them. You can like get random modifiers. I don't know. That'd be fun. Lots of room to go with there. Yeah. 
All right. This next question is from Zach Wajner. Wajner? Wajner? Wajner. Wajner. Okay. What up, Zach? What, what's going on, Zach? Let me just write this down real quick. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Josh Dumont was in Call of Duty World War II, and now he's in Callisto Protocol. What game that should we be in him. next? I, it did look like him. That's what exact, the exact same reaction I had. I've got no reaction to that. I have no idea. Choking <laughs> aside, I love when they get name actors to be in games. What actors would you want to see in a game? Would you play a game featuring them? Even if it's something you'd otherwise think tw- even if it's something you'd otherwise not think twice about. Love and respect little baby Hollywood Zacky. I wow. want to play as Brian Cranston in a game. Hmm. What kind of game? <laughs> what kind of game are we talking here? GTA. <laughs> um I don't know. I on it like not necessarily something violent, something jolly, some like cooking game or something, but like mm-hmm. instead of cooking meth, you're cooking food. Like Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Something a little more chill. Yeah. Like untapped, dude. I want it like dude, Spider-Man, mod- modders, modern Brian Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want Brian Cranston have. or Walter White? Brian Cranston. Okay, Brian yeah. Cranston. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, Jonathan Banks and freaking Batman was sweet. Dude. Mm. Yes. But it was just the voice. Right. Yeah. Oh, and Jonathan Noble as Scarecrow is still one of my favorite voice performances ever. Hmm. Dude, you know who I thought of? is like, man, I wish they'd have another video game. Is Jackie Chan. I was like, damn, I could go oh, for new sure. Jackie Chan. I got game. it right over there, dude. Stuntmaster. Yes. Like, put Jackie Chan in Sifu or something like Dude. <laughs> make that happen some way. Dude, new remedy game. Robert Pattinson. The lead. Don't even know what the game would be. Just those two together. Sounds good to me. Bro, that is gold. Print it. That is good. That is a good fit. Dude. I like that fit. Sam Lake, make it happen, dude. It's like a glove, dude. Make it happen, Sam. Um, I know they've, you know, they've been working <laughs> on some Ghostbusters games, but it would be cool to have um have uh Dan Aykroyd have like a bigger mm, bigger, bigger role, role in something, you know. Yeah, like sure. not even like a Ghostbusters game, but just something entirely different, but but fits mm. his personality, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, just to wrap, we had two more just quick questions, just a little housekeeping I wanted to go through. Just uh, I thought these questions were like, yeah, we should answer these. Why not? So uh, this is from Heather. Hi, allies. Soul Hackers 2 is out now, and I'm enjoying it so far. Has Blubber spent any more time with the game since his first impressions video? Is anyone planning on planning? Is anyone playing or planning to get to this game? Thanks. Have you played yeah, it? Yeah, I. I, I put some more time in after that, um, but then, yeah, for the last week, I haven't gotten back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I kind of hit, you know how we were, talk, we were talking about the challenge bosses or whatever, mm-hmm. and those, I, I hit one of those that was a little bit of a wall, and I was like, all right, I'll come back to this guy later, you know, and then, and then I, like, ended up playing some of these other games uh, for previews and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably get back to it. Uh, I'm kind of the outside edge of Probably won't be a review, but there's like a slight sliver of a chance. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I'm probably moving moving on to other stuff at yeah. this point, especially if I don't get through it in the like 
the next week or so, then I'll probably be looking at trying to get to uh, Splatoon after uh, that. Yeah, I think it looks cool based off what Blood Wars told me about it. I don't know if it's enough for me to take a priority on it over some mm-hmm. other things. Yeah, like and there's a lot of games I want to play coming out, like Tactics Ogre. I want to play D- the Dio Field Chronicle and uh, Valkyrie Elysium. And it's like I'm playing Trial Strategy. I just don't know when I get to that game. But right. Yeah. So in the backstory stuff is. Uh, been getting a little bit more interesting as i've progressed okay. but the uh yeah the uh soul matrix or whatever it kind of kind of feels like a little bit especially when i got to like gates that were like oh you can't go through this gate until you're level 50 and then you can't go through this gate until you're level 60 and like okay this is like i guess those are end game stuff but i'm mm. like that's 20 levels away from me i'm probably <laughs> yeah oh uh, like i don't know if i want to 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 get to that point, but maybe the story will make it make it happen. Sure, yeah. yeah. All right, this quick uh, final question. Also, Huber, you could probably chime in on this. Hey, Brad and participating allies. Uh, I heard that Brad's only experience with Saints Row is the new reboot. Why is this so? I think me and the community would probably agree that you must play the other Saints Row games, particularly Saints Row 2, because that one is just golden. I've recently completed the reboots campaign and I found it to be entertaining enough, but I'm left with the liter- lingering feeling it's safe's row. It's safe's row or saints row light. How do you feel about these statements? I'll tell you why I haven't played saints row is I'm just not huge yeah. on GTA style yeah. games that much. Yeah. And yeah. I never got the go ahead that these were good enough from Huber that I, he's like, yo, you got to play these kind of thing. I never got yeah. that. Cause I know Huber. you. Cause I know exactly. You. Yeah. And from three and four onward, it's honestly just a little too goofy for me to get yeah. into, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. So it's just not for me. I will say to add to the uh, Saint new Saints Row discourse, right? I ha- I've had COVID the last like mm-hmm. five days or so. I booted up some Saints Row for like an hour and a half, something low stakes. Mm-hmm. Right. And it hit the spot. Sure. You know, and, and it just. It just made me go down the rabbit hole of my brain of like games find you at different points in your life. Mm-hmm. And like that, and that's why I'm so obsessed with replaying and re-examining because there's just constant changes and shifts to, to reality and mood mm-hmm. and all of this. And like in my reality in that moment, like feeling ill, not wanting to commit to something more high stakes, like, Saints mm-hmm. Row was just what sure. I needed to like take me away and just like zone out for an hour or two. In so. ter- in terms of Saints Row, I think this new one is. I've heard there's a lot of technical problems. Huber, you haven't run into really any, so you've been a very lot lucky. of the technical issues are on PC. I've heard the, okay. the majority of them. a lot okay. on Xbox. I haven't really heard about PlayStation. I've only seen like yeah, one or I've two. heard of people like having to replay missions like four times because it just like breaks and stuff, which is unfortunate. But luckily, you haven't run into anything like that. Yeah. And another thing with Saints Row is, like you said, Huber, for a while, I think people are just getting tired of that that humor, that yeah. style of humor, that it's style time. of writing. Finally, finally, the world is turned. Thank you. That's Not every <laughs> character in every movie and show and video game needs to be Tony Stark. Yeah. Stop. Stop. Literally, every character is trying to be Tony Stark. Make it stop. Like quips here, quips here, and then like, okay, a moment of of seriousness. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, back to the quips. Yeah, like, and we're not saying it can be it can't be good. 
that could be done well, but it's just harder now. It's just, yeah, it's just overdone. Yeah, it is in pop culture. It absolutely is. And, and, and yeah, I've seen, I've seen the turn. So hopefully it's shifting back because before that things were too serious. You Mm -hmm. remember that? Yeah. All the, all the video game characters with like buzzed, buzzed haircuts and like everything is so gears of war serious. Mm -hmm. And then that shifted to Joe, you know, let's, let's have light fun comedy. And now it's, shifting by moving away maybe yeah. i think the yeah uncharted is like the middle ground right yes yeah you yes. know it's like you have your your lighthearted stuff but you're not totally. just going like so crazy on mm-hmm. yeah weird mm-hmm. poop jokes or whatever mm-hmm. you know shout yeah. out to saints row too i do i do love saints that row you the love best. the rocket launcher love that rocket launcher <laughs> cool all right Fellas, that's going to do it for this episode of Frame Trap. Uh, Hubert, thanks for joining us. Just so you know at home, Hubert's been sick, but Hubert yeah. last minute said yeah. he could be on Frame Trap. So it was just going to be me and Blood, but Hubert hopped right in. Last of Us, you know, I'm feeling a lot better today. I still Great got life. a little bit of a cough. I got some sweats. Yeah. Good but I am, I am big time on the mend. I am a lot better today. Great. Glad to hear it. Blood, yeah. thank you for joining me bringing so many interesting games always a pleasure talking about this uh next week should have or next not next week next uh frame chat we should have damiani and don back hopefully so we're back to that we'll ask don about wave race i'll get him back in mm-hmm. action we'll get him but uh yeah once again <laughs> if you enjoy the show please uh leave us a like on youtube or in any podcast service you like give us a rating a good rating if you enjoy the show yeah, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash EIS to support us. That is how we are primarily supported, and it would mean the world to us if you joined us there. We appreciate everything you guys do. Thank you so much for watching and listening, all you out there. Until uh, next, next frame trap. We'll see you later. Have a good one. Goodbye. <laughs>